0: Launching to hour number one of the program, kicking off another week of fun and excitement here. It is Ian here with you. And guard. And mark. 1 800 259 9231. The Sickle CAI toll free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. So enjoy those on us. Gardner Goldsmith, who uh, joins us again, uh, typically joining us on Monday nights. Honestly, dude, I didn't think you were going to make it tonight. I know you said you <laughs> uh... probably would, but. Uh, you you started your uh, your local radio show here yeah. in the uh, in New Hampshire in Concord the yeah. station up in that direction which yeah. is across the state and you live across the state anyway so you were driving an hour and a half to get here in the first place back when you were just doing our show now you're doing your show during the afternoons from 1 to 4 on WTPL in Concord New Hampshire so you have to drive up there and then drive back and then you have then you're driving over here to do our show you're doing two <laughs> radio shows in one day and it's just it's just madness, sir. It's, e- I don't know how you can handle it.
1: E and B, I tell you, it would be worth. Any amount of driving to be able to come down and spend time with you guys and the f- people at Free Talk Live. Uh,
2: you know, of course. The fact is, you're acting like radios work. And I'm sorry. There's people out there that are actually working for a living, and it's insulting. <laughs> insulting.
0: It is not the easiest thing to do a three-hour talk show, especially not My God, like...
2: sitting in one place for three whole
0: hours. Well, it's easy for us, Mark, because you have to drive half a mile to get here, and I come downstairs. So it's right. not like it's a big deal. I'll,
2: I'll give you the driving <laughs> is work. I will not give you the radio is work.
0: I I, got to say, you know, one of the things that gets me to say it is
1: not easy. One of the the interesting things about it to me is that you're, you're dealing with intellectual issues that make you stay on your toes. You know, if I was just doing some talk show where it's like, Call me about your relationship mm. problems, or are you on the pill? You know, who cares? That would Whatever. be work as far as I am concerned. That would be drudgery to me, exactly. <laughs> right. This stuff
0: is great. So thanks for having me here, you guys. Well, I, I listened to your first hour today. I wish right. I could have heard the whole thing, but I got stuff to do, too. So, uh, but right. I, I wanted to make sure I tuned in to hear when you uh, you relaunched your program, Against yeah. the Grain, which you can listen to on his website at libertyconspiracy.com. Yes, sir. Uh, libertyconspiracy.com just went through a redesign, apparently. Yes, and it's still, we're
1: still uh, adding more to it. We're
0: going to have uh, items bumper
1: stickers, T-shirts, and things like that for sale later, um, and we're going to be designing it so that half on the left side of the screen or on the right side of the screen will be federal issues, and then will be state issues. So if you're oh, cool. in the state, you can hit on something that's breaking statewide, or if you're federal, you want to you know, do something yeah. from outside the state, you can hit it too. If you're a free state or you want to come in, boom, it'll be there. It's a
0: fine idea. Yeah. So I was listening to, and talking about work put into a show Garner Goldsmith puts more work into right. one episode of his show than we, we do an I entire <laughs> year. Well, you see, that's the thing. Ours is uh,
2: sort of set to go. Uh, yeah. You know, we have the same uh, intro beds every time, uh, 30 heavy metal songs that, I don't know, they're screeching to the devil or whatever it is <laughs> that those people are doing on those music beds of yours. Sounds good. And And... You know, his he's always getting politicians saying crap. Of course, we know they're lying. I don't. We really don't need those <laughs> little bits that uh, that he does. But you know, that's, well, Gardner that's how knows he does they're his lying
0: show. too. He just has a different kind of a show. Yes, and, he does. He does just, that kind of show. True. It's, it's always impressive when I hear more sound effects in one segment <laughs> than I'll play an entire week on this yeah. program. Well, when that's
1: it, that's what I was saying to, to uh, you guys earlier. I'll let the the listeners in on it a little bit. Um, uh, getting ready for the show today was was sort of tricky because I had loaded. This um, is the first show. Yeah, the first show today, we start up at one in the afternoon, Eastern Time. So I have uh, of sound files of music that fits certain issues, you know, for uh, car tolls and, and state regulation, of the, or roadways, we'll use Adamant's Car Trouble, or Cars by uh, right. by Gary Newman, whatever. And so, you know, we'll come in from the commercial with some music, but then I'll say, all right, folks, you know, it's time for us to start a new show. We're talking about problems on the roadways, and then we'll hit do 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 Car Trouble, you know. It's very so, well produced. Yeah, I try to make it as, as sound-saturated and slick as possible. So I'm working with a new producer who's a sharp guy, but he's never worked with me before, so I know it's going to be a really steep learning curve to get him going to the way that I want it, because I have mm-hmm. a certain oral sense It's like a movie. It's got to sound a certain way. So we're, we're getting ready to start, and we're about ten minutes out, and I've just produced a, a fake phone call from John McCain, who hates me and wants to get me off <laughs> the air. And... Uh, and so I'm like, okay, so I'm going to need this element, this element, this element, this element. And I wrote them all down for you. They're all in order. And he goes, ah, I can't get them from the production studio. And I'm like, oh, geez, I thought you were going to do that before. So we were scrambling right before you tuned
0: in. That's you know, the radio way. Right. That's the radio way. There have been so many times when, uh, I mean, not really these days, but back in the day when I was at a radio station, as yeah. you are now, yeah, yeah. Uh, where you just scramble and you oh, just man. manage to get everything done right before you turn on the microphone. Yeah. It's one of those things, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. You, you know, it's. it's it's a, it's a, it figures that we start the show talking about radio because we do have a guest who's going oh, to come on here shortly to discuss uh, some radio-related issues, more of the FCC side of things. Oh, yeah. uh, and I don't think anybody here likes those guys very much. No, I'm not
2: a fan. Well, yeah. No.
0: Uh, so let's talk to Justin Hartfield. He's one of the uh, the guys over at. ReadPI.com, the Prometheus Institute. You've heard us mention them on this program before. And uh, we're having him on because he's recently written an article, which is appearing on the front page right now at ReadPI.com, called Spectrum Wars. Justin Hartfield from uh, the Prometheus Institute. Are you with us, sir? Hey, gentlemen. Hey, How Justin. Are you? Fantastic. Welcome. How are you guys? Just super. Welcome to the program. Now, what's, uh, for, for, those of us, uh, for those of our listeners who aren't necessarily able to access your website at the moment, what's Spectrum Wars all about?
3: Well, Spectrum Wars is all about the uh, upcoming auction of the 700 megahertz uh, spectrum, which the FCC is going to be auctioning off uh, two private bidders uh, starting uh, around February of 2009. And uh, this particular spectrum is uh, of great interest to a lot of large companies.
2: Why is that? What's, what's so special about the um, 700
3: or,
4: uh, megahertz spectrum?
3: Well it's kind of like uh it's kind of like the holy grail of spectrums because uh it could go through walls very easily Sweet. And, um it, 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 it is why didn't we get
2: that for radio
3: <laughs> 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 Well, you know um well it it's it, it's very cheap it's very cheap to set up and um it's uh it, it's going to be probably the most profitable uh uh wireless spectrum that we have out there including TV and radio right now it's just it, hmm. it's just it's just the mecca of yeah. of, of all hmm. so that's why there's there's a lot of uh controversy kind of surrounding it
1: and there are some old players in this and there are some new players in this right
3: oh yeah there's some there, there's some uh some old friendlies um like uh sprint and wireless co and uh AT&T and and those guys and those are kind of like the old guys and then there is uh there's new players emerging uh the biggest one being google
4: Wow, that's and, a big player.
3: Uh, yeah, Google's a pretty huge player, and uh, Google has uh, s- some pretty interesting ideas of, of what they want to do with the, uh, with the with the band of uh, spectrum, and uh, the old players don't necessarily like that all too much.
0: I love what, I mean, Google, and it seems like pretty much everything Google comes out with, I like. Uh, they're an amazing company that have really created some just incredibly uh, life-altering products that are really, uh, they've really helped me out with my business and help a lot of Internet users out with simple things like searching and email, and they're just doing an incredible job. I hope Google takes this one away, but what is it that uh, makes what Google's doing different or revolutionary compared to what the old guard are doing?
3: Dude, just just I, I agree with you man i love google google does do, google does some awesome things and uh what google uh, basically they, google basically gave the uh, the FCC a a pledge to donate four point six billion dollars to this uh new spectrum uh if and only if the government agrees to their conditions and uh their conditions are uh fourfold and basically they want they want the entire network open. Open, yeah. open applications open system uh, open providers and just basically all open and wow. um, so whoever bids imagine,
1: whoever bids to get this Justin will be forced by the government to have to carry everybody else
3: yeah that's right they're, they're um, they are basically they want they want it so that if you if you get if you win the bid from the government you are forced to wholesale that spectrum to anybody that wants it so, Is it,
2: so it's forced not to force people because I mean you know it's it's open open rather than a monopoly
3: yeah you know it's it's funny there's two different there's two issues we have we have here they have we have forced open markets or regular open markets and that's what the fCC kind of decided on uh last week they actually made a ruling on this and um, basically what the fCC said is so so the, so Google said, okay, we want the government to force uh open regulation and and uh what the government said is no the government shouldn't force regulation we should just leave it alone and uh, let companies uh, bid for it. And so government government um, actually got it right this time. I don't know if you guys have like a sound effect for the government getting something right. Uh, you, wait, no, no, hold hold on. I've right never on. even
2: heard of this thing happening now, hold before. On. <laughs> of course, we don't have a, a sound effect for the government uh, getting something right.
0: I, I, have a, I have a sound effect for something being correct, but I just I don't know if I quite understood. What the you Twilight said. Zone? I don't, I don't know if I quite understood how the government was right here, and I want you to explain that better for me, okay? Hang on, Justin. We're going to bring you back. eight hundred two five nine. Ninety-two thirty-one. Of course, you had to offer them $4 billion to be right. Yeah, it's all about the money with those guys. More coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. Talking about the FCC and how it is they want to control the spectrum. Or in this case, maybe they'll just let it go. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the sickle, toll Freeline, 1-800-259-9231. And it is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. Inviting you to our website, freetalklive.com. Live streams are there. Broadband version of the show, dial-up version as well. Two sizes will fit virtually every Internet connection totally free. freetalklive.com.
2: The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. Visit and click Join Us Today. We'll find liberty together. That's RLC.org. All
0: right. We're going back to a man who is uh, one of the guys over at the Prometheus Institute, Justin Hartfield, the author of Spectrum Wars, which you'll find right on the front page of their website at readpi.com. Justin, are you back with us? I am back. All right. Let me see if I've got this straight. There's an auction going on. Now, the federal uh, government's FCC, Federal Communications Commission, it does this from time to time. It takes uh, certain spectrums of bandwidth uh, between, you know, 700 megahertz and 800 megahertz. I think that's it's somewhere in the 700 megahertz range that they're auctioning right now. And they'll put it on the auction block, and anybody, uh, private citizens to corporations, I guess, can bid for it. And then once they uh, win, they get total control over, you know, what they can put on there, I'm, I'm sure, with FCC approval. Uh, But they get to sort of sublet that particular portion of Spectrum. Now, of course, the FCC's not cutting all of us a check when it gets the funds from these uh, companies. But so. there are yeah. airwaves. They're the public's airwaves. How come we don't get a check? Apparently, they're the FCC's airwaves. And, uh, bogus so, rationale. So what's <laughs> going on here? You're saying that they're auctioning the 700 megahertz block. The usual players are stepping up to bid like AT&T and Sprint and those those guys. But now Google's jumped into the game, and Google has offered $4.6 billion to the U.S. government As a contribution, this isn't their bid, right? The four point six billion. No, that is that is their
3: bid. They said that that would be their starting bid.
0: And that's and what were the terms on that offer again?
3: Well, the terms the terms were they needed uh, four sets of open access points, Um, open applications, open devices, open services, and open networks. And uh, so those that, that was, that was, that was those were the terms which were pretty pretty revolutionary uh, in in you know in terms of the old guard SEC because um, I mean they're not very revolutionary at all.
0: Sure, they're just a bunch of bureaucrats that sit around and eat donuts yeah. all day. Yeah. Now-
3: and, and, and the only reason why this is being auctioned off is because uh, the Bush administration spent so much money that. They just the, the people that were originally on the spectrum that's like basically channels 52 to 68. Mm-hmm. Um, they they forced those people to switch to move over to all digital network right. um, by 2009, and because they knew they needed the money uh, that this auction will, will will generate, because they they kept reducing taxes, but they they kept their spending at the same rate. So right. that's so one those, of the big
1: rationales for why they had to they were forcing all the TV stations and so on to go digital
0: so they could sell more yeah. spectrum. You didn't know that? No. Oh yeah, because the, well the digital signals fit in a much smaller space, oh. so instead of having the TV stations spread across the band, they can just whoosh, stick them in one little spot now and that opens up a whole lot of extra area that they can, again, auction off to the highest bidder So, now, what did gov- the, uh, the, government, the U.S. government, the FCC, do in response to the Google offer?
3: Um, they said um, they, they didn't basically, basically didn't give a response. I mean, it's not like Google can offer up their terms. And, and the, the Google's bid of $4.6 billion is probably not even going to be close to what Spectrum Co. and at are, are going to offer anyway. So basically but, but what Google wanted to do was very smart. They just wanted to get their position out there to gain public support um, for what they were trying to say. And what they were trying to say is basically the, the auction rules that the SEC has are, uh, f- favor the incumbent so much that Google, even if Google did bid $4.6 billion, they wouldn't even have. Uh, a way to actually get the bid because the, basically the conglomerates, uh, Spectrum Co. and AT&T, they just group, they just group together, buy a bunch of markets they don't even really care about just to force people like Google out of the market so they mm. can maintain their stronghold on, uh, on, on services, which is what, which is what is happening right now with our 3G wireless network. So, AT&T, you know, you know, they're all, they're all in cahoots together and, uh, they're charging a premium monthly rate.
0: So are you saying that uh that I mean Google can't offer as much as these other companies, you're saying the reason they made this offer was just to make news, just to make it so people were aware of this going on?
3: Yeah, I I I think I think that's the case. I mean Google knows that four point six billion dollars is not gonna cut it, but what, what they were trying to do is see if there's anybody else in the market that they can join together with in order to raise enough money to mm. compete with guys like AT&T. And um, they also wanted to put pressure on the board of SEC to try to make some changes in the rule, auction rules process, and they were successful.
0: So what was it that you said changed? What was it that was this victory that you'd mentioned before?
3: Okay, here's, 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 the, here's the, the big victory. It's um, anonymous auction bidding so in the past for every SCC auction when a when a, a bundle of uh megahertz comes up, they uh everyone it's it's open bidding. Everyone knows uh, exactly who's bidding, how much they're bidding, and so mm-hmm. the uh so the conglomerates, ATT, Spectrum Co and all, the, all those guys, they just decide to bid a little bit extra. Just not 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 just because they really plan to serve that uh market space, just because they want to shut everybody else out. Okay. And so, so, uh, so this is a, this is so anonymous bidding allows it m- makes makes so that Spectrum Co. and those people uh, have to actually analyze each individual market and see if it's feasible for them to go to, into business there because nobody knows who's the highest bidder except if you're the actual bidder yourself, and um, and it, it makes it pretty impossible for uh, collusion to happen, which was which was basically happening before.
0: Interesting. Mm. So why did the FCC? Well, it's nice
2: that the Google managed to shame them.
0: Yeah, is that why yeah. the FCC changed their ways? Is it because they were feeling guilty or I mean why, this is unusual? Well, you know,
3: I uh I, I hate to uh um to to try to guess what the government is doing because, I mean, I don't think they they have an idea what they're doing, but I do think they got enough backlash, um, from, uh, small companies. There's a bunch of small, small companies that, 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 that are smaller than Google but also want to get into the sphere, um, that, uh, probably pressure the FCC into making some changes, um for the better. Uh, and now, hmm. uh, now I, I say that I say that knowing full well that the whole system is is flawed, but oh. operating here in reality, it's it's actually it's actually a pretty good uh, pretty good deal.
0: So then, uh, would you be uh, would you side with us and say that the FCC just needs to be abolished entirely?
3: Oh, and oh, I completely agree with
0: that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, excellent. Uh, well, well chosen, sir. Well, the the fact, the very
2: fact that the FCC can uh, auction off these bands—that supposedly the airwaves belong to the citizens—that the very fact that they can auction off the bands and we get nothing out of it, just goes to show that they're, uh, you know, they're a parasite. Yeah, exactly. It's incredible. What are they really doing for us?
1: Absolutely right. It's another way for them to get uh, make money. And uh, you know, I was doing a lot of research into the history of the FCC, Justin. I'm doing a book about talk radio and. uh, it's incredible to see just how they have manipulated things. How FDR pulled licenses of people, the whole Mayflower doctrine, all the way through to the uh, to the uh, fairness doctrine, and so on. And it's it's constantly been used up until uh, Reagan you know, stopped the thing uh, to manipulate uh, the the private marketplace. It's amazing to see that these guys get away with this, and everybody calls them our airwaves. It's it's really sad.
0: Justin, any other thoughts for us?
3: Um, well. Uh you know, there's there's one other issue that uh that the FCC ruled on, and that's that's public safety. Now, uh, 20 megahertz of this uh, 100 megahertz band is going to be is going to be used towards public safety, and uh, towards and what? The, public safety. Towards Publ- public safety. And okay. so, basically, the uh, FCC adopted um, a uh, proposal by a company called Frontline Wireless, which is basically like so the tw- they, they can use the uh, they can use that 20 megahertz uh, for their own private use as long as it's not during times of emergency, and in exchange that that from wireless agrees to build up the entire network across the country. Now, there's even some people in the one of the members of the board, who was very opposed to this. Justin, hang on a second. Mark's got another
0: question for you. We'll let you finish that up in a moment here. 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll free line for you. If you got a question for Justin Hartfield from readpi.com, now would be a good time to call in. It's Free Talk Live. George
1: Phillies is the right candidate for president. A serious, well-educated candidate who stands for the basic principles of liberty and the basic principles of this nation.
5: Paid for by Phillies 2008. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message.
0: This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI told Freeline, it is in here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates at com. When you get on that list, we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something fresh and new to know about the show, you'll know first. If you're on the updates list, updates. Dot free talk live dot com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys. LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's FTL like Free Talk Live to save 10% at LegalZoom.com. Going back to Justin uh, from ReadPI.com. Justin Hartfield. He is uh, – are you a fellow at Reed Pi? Is that how it's organized over at Reed Pi? Or are you just uh, I, an author? I believe my title is deputy editor. Deputy? That sounds right. authoritative. So oh, I think it is. We're talking about the FCC and just how generally awful they are. And you were actually in the middle of telling us uh, a story. If you could just rewind a little bit, recap for anybody just tuning in, and uh, go ahead and hit that again, Justin.
3: Sure. Yeah. So, uh, so besides from this commercial uh, part of the spectrum that I was talking about, there's also a uh, – uh, public safety twenty twenty megahertz uh, part that they're auctioning, auctioning off, and, um, the, and, and one of the, a private company actually won the bid. They're called uh, Frontline Wireless, and uh, basically they're going to be uh, the government's going to be piggy, piggybacking on their system. But, but what's interesting about this is that there's actually um, some commissioners on the FCC board, like uh, this guy named Michael Kops that uh, wanted to create a a federal wireless network that would be more robust than all of our current cell phone networks combined just for just for our public safety because he feared that in problems of bankruptcy uh, you know if, if frontline wireless goes bankrupt that we wouldn't have a national safety system but I think mm-hmm. I think that's pretty insane uh, how how far these people want to go and how much money they're willing to spend at uh, utter disregard for the uh, American tax dollar
2: right and you know if if it's uh, about safety you know, um at some point or another there's a cost a, a point of diminishing returns as far as cost goes, and to right. take this uh the, this entire band and uh, just worry about the other the company going under, so we have to have some kind of infrastructure in place. I can only imagine what that would cost
0: what's wrong with the oh, current good. safety radio systems we have? I mean the police already have their two way radios the hell else do they need we've got the the radios uh, radio stations and TV stations have to do that. Yeah, what is yeah. and
1: you know it's interesting, I remember Arlen Specter and some other politicians were speaking about this after nine eleven and they said that uh we really have to make sure that we dedicate something to the protective services so that they have a clear line in the police. It's a similar sort of argument, and we have to make sure that nobody else can get on this line because they had a hard time communicating with each other. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, that's strange because the TV people in the free marketplace, mostly free marketplace, were right down there on the ground communicating with each other. Strange that the police (laughs) couldn't in the government sphere. That's odd. I don't know. It's weird.
0: Justin?
3: Yeah, oh I oh, I totally just, uh, agree with you man. it's, it's uh it, it's pretty crazy. And you know and the the worst part about it is that the the police they 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 want they seem they seemingly want the frontline wireless uh they, they want a private company to be involved. They don't they they don't want the government to get involved with their stuff because it's going to be way cheaper for the um for the police departments um to get these get the equipment they need from a private company
2: that much is true mm. now um you, you just said that the the band was sold to this frontline wireless does that mean that google lost the bid I mean, No, it's a different, a different segment a different segment of the band okay um that's yeah, what i wasn't understanding there. there um right. now what is this segment that there that google's involved in with the 4.2 billion dollar bid what is that going to be the, used uh, for
3: that's going to be that's going to be for commercial licenses and that's good, that's 80 uh it's it's well, it's it's eighty megahertz but 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 really, when it comes down to it in practice be it's going to be about sixty two megahertz of, of the spectrum and uh, and that's and that's what kind of the hub is about between uh, uh wireless companies and um and Google.
0: So Google would basically want it open sort of like, uh, I think there's a section of the 2.4 gigahertz spectrum that's somewhat unregulated, as I understand it, and that's where you see all the action with uh, wireless routers and uh, cordless phones. Routers
2: are there. Radio stations are someplace, you know, walkie-talkies are someplace. What is this section going to be used for? Is that still undetermined?
3: Well, it's uh, it's funny. Different companies want to use it for different things. Okay. uh, The the wireless cell phone people want to use it for wireless cell phones. The... uh,
2: yeah, we people need more like of that TV. anyway, as far as I'm concerned.
3: Right, the people like T V, they want to use it to uh, increase their uh, increase their voice and data plans and broadband on top of their T V service, and Google. Um, nobody 's really sure of their intentions, but it, it, it sounds like Google wants to use it as a third pipe so like a third way to get the inter- to get broadband uh, high speed internet to your house that's what, that's what Google wants. To I use
0: think that would be fantastic. Well,
2: all of them sound like good services yeah. it just should be open for the people that can homestead it which is what Google's saying
0: they want right They want to make it so anybody can utilize that uh, that spectrum. Exactly. That's
3: why they wanted, they wanted guaranteed protections of uh, of, a wholes- of a wholesaler selling off the, the spectrum, but they, they did not get that.
0: Justin, thank you for the expertise on this issue. If people want to contact you, they can do it right through the website at readpi.com. Your article is right there on the front page. It's called Spectrum Wars if you want to learn more about this issue and, and learn a little bit more about how the uh, the FCC works, if you want to call it that. It's been great having you on the show, and thank you for being here, sir.
3: Hey, thanks. I really appreciate it,
0: guys. Have a great night. 800-259-9231. I know, spectrum auctions, not the sexiest of topics. But but nonetheless, it's an important issue. It is. Because uh, these, I mean, there's only so much bandwidth out there and it 's really because of the FCC that things have been moving along as slow as they have, uh, for instance, the radio business is trying to trying their damnedest to get people to buy these new h d radios yeah, and probably ninety nine point nine percent of our audience has not even ever heard of h d radio because well the fcc 's around and they they make it so everything goes a lot slower than it 's supposed to. There was a story. That we read, I don't know, a year ago on the show about how AT&T originally developed the cell phone like back in the 40s or something like that. I think it was the 60s. The 60s. It was a long time ago. Wow. And it was just forever until the FCC finally said, well, I think we can see a use for this technology. (laughs)
2: Right. Now, (laughs) imagine how things were in the early 80s when when my mom was carrying around this briefcase phone for her job uh, working for the telephone company. mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, imagine if that had happened in 1963 instead of 1983. Wow! Can you imagine what we would what have a today? Difference. Right? It's, I mean, they'd you know, they be implanted in the oral uh, bones in your ear or something about, by now. Think about how many lives
1: would would have been saved. Absolutely. How, how many, many people
2: broke down on the
0: sides of the road?
1: Absolutely. Terrible things that have that have happened to people where they didn't have some way to get in touch with people.
0: Now that's wow. just the one example. Yeah. One example of how we we can we've already seen the FCC inhibit progress. They have to decide. For themselves, whether or not there's a valuable service to be had here, instead of allowing the marketplace to decide from you know with supply and demand and products That's being right. offered and and uh, bought or sold or not. Here's, uh,
1: a, here's another example. Uh, due to the lobbying of radio interests that were big radio interests while Roosevelt was president, the delay of television occurred that lasted for about five years they were going to bring mm. television in 5 years earlier and allow that to be uh, brought in but it's dangerous technology yeah the radio guys knew that it was going to
0: pull away some of their audience right. so they didn't want that to happen so that's just been the history of the FCC they wow. just sort of uh, prevented technology from advancing as fast as it normally would oh, and this you know the HD radio things another example that's of that that's what their one of their stated purposes is essentially to inhibit technology they're scum they need to go away <laughs> uh, yeah. if the radio industry was unregulated if uh radio stations could be started by somebody with a handful of th- a couple thousand bucks buy a transmitter buy some you know computers and put a, put a station on the air then there there'd be so much more competition in the radio industry and that level of competition would, uh, would make it so that innovations happen faster and sooner. So instead of this HD radio technology, which is really, it seems like it's too little too late. I mean, it's kind of a cool technology and everything, but we've already got internet radio. We've already got, uh, you know, satellite radio. HD radio could have come out, you know, in the early 90s, possibly. Um, but you know, just, you know what's fascinating the FCC about that? It back.
1: One of the main people behind the move for the FCC... It was originally the FRC, the Federal Radio Commission, mm-hmm. and in uh, the nineteen twenties, late nineteen twenties, of all people, uh, it was Herbert. Uh, no, it was it was um, was a Hoover. Yeah, it was Herbert Hoover. Uh, Hoover came in, and he was the chairman of. He was the Secretary of Commerce. Okay, okay, and uh, he under Wilson. Uh who cares? yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh he worked with all these people and they're the ones who came up with the term about s- spectrum scarcity. Okay. And working for the public interest. They were the ones it was coined in meetings with GE, which was working with the Nazis later. Oh, my goodness. And they wanted to get a niche in the market. It's fascinating, the corrupt
0: history of the FCC. 1-800-259-9231. Matt is on the line, wants to talk about immigration. Pug in Canada we will take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control via toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the sickle, C-A-I, toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Guard And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The feature's on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then one easy way to do that would be to go shopping. At Free Talk Live's store. We've got all kinds of great Free Talk Live branded merchandise and more. You'll find it all at store.freetalklive.com. That is store.freetalklive.com as we go to the phones and to the fun, the amplifier line. It's Matt in Illinois. Hello, Matt.
6: Good evening, gentlemen.
0: Evening. evening. What's on your mind?
6: Well, uh, first off, let me say that uh, cell phones were originally invented in the 1940s.
0: Oh, was the I 40s. was right about that. Okay. Nice. I thought it was 60s.
6: They were trying to make an alternative to uh, radios on the battlefield.
4: Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yes.
6: So it had to do with the war. And electric cars were originally invented in the 1880s.
4: Wow. No wow. kidding.
6: Yeah. All right. I, I got a story for you guys today. Um, I, I'm in charge. or I uh, supervise two guys from Bulgaria uh, where I work. Okay. And one of them had to go to the uh, Homeland Security Department today because they merged with the uh, Immigration and Naturalization Services. This guy first came to the country in 1999 with his green card. He told me he had to wait four years and eight months before he could apply for citizenship. Before he he could apply.
0: So wait, he came here and then had to wait four years before he could apply, or it was four years before he came here?
6: No, he he came here and had to wait four years and eight months to apply. He won the lottery.
0: And that was before
6: 9-11. He won a lottery. That's how he got his green card.
4: Wow. Wow. Wow.
6: Comes here, has to wait four years, eight months to apply for citizenship. So he comes here, he waits for four years, eight months, he applies for citizenship. He had to fill out an online form. Uh, he paid $470. He had to go get his fingerprints taken. And then he went in for an interview about a month and a half later. And then they said, fine, you've passed the interview. In about another month and a half or so, we're going to call you up and have you come in and take the oath. Well, he's been waiting until now. This was back in 2004 this happened. He's been waiting till now to take the oath, and he still hasn't been able to. Wow. So he finally goes into uh, immigration to see what's going on. First off, he gets there this morning at 745 in the morning. Now, he's got to be at work about 10, 1030.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: He goes there. He says there was three people total there to help a huge line of immigrants. Sixty percent of them are going to have the same problem he's having. Uh, There's two people there that speak English for everybody that speaks English, and then there's one for the Spanish-speaking people. Mm -hmm.
0: What happens to everybody else from every other part of the world? They just S.O.L.? You
6: either have to know English or Spanish, one of the two languages. They don't have any any other. He said most of these people were Russian. This okay. is in Chicago. So there's a lot of Russians there. I, yeah. I didn't know we had such a large Russian contingent here, but we do.
1: Probably be more of them trying to get out with what's going on in Russia the past few couple of years. Probably.
6: Well, that could be. That, that might be why. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he, he's, he's telling me that. And so he goes up to the one lady. Now he's got all his receipts. She tells him they've lost him from the system.
0: Oh, my gosh.
6: He's oh my. gone. And he needs to pay another thousand and seventy dollars. And he goes, "No, I don't." He he tells me, he he said, "No, he doesn't." And he took out all his documentation. So he's smart. He saved all his right. He's got his receipt for three years. He's got his receipt. So they sent him up upstairs to see the manager. He said, on his way up there, he counted eighteen security agents.
0: Eight. So they had three guys doing customer service and 18 guys standing around with guns on their hips.
6: Right, exactly, just to check them out.
0: Crazy. So
4: this,
6: this all comes from um, a guy that has – now people wonder why um, anybody from south of the border gets upset about being called an illegal immigrant. Well, how would you feel? Yeah, and right. There for, he, he, he ended up – he came into work about 2 o'clock. So he, he only got a couple hours of work in today. Now, he said he paid $100 in 2005 to a lawyer here that is doing a class action lawsuit. This lawyer has filed three petitions for 1,800 people apiece. So 5,600 or 5,400 people total with the exact same
1: problem. Wow.
2: Then this coming wow. from the organization, Is this the getting erased problem. I'm sorry. Is that the p- problem of getting erased? Like
4: um... yes,
6: yes. You're you're just. He 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 told me at one point in time, um, a lady took him into a back room and showed him. He said about three times larger than the room that we work in, and we work in maybe a, it's maybe a 15 by 20. Okay. And he said there was chest high piles of boxes, and she said, you're in there somewhere.
0: You have got to be kidding me.
6: That's how they file things. I'm going, don't they have computers? He's going, no, (laughs) they're doing all this by hand.
0: Unbelievable. Believable. I don't think most Americans understand this. I think I think most Americans look at immigrants and they say to they they get all indignant and they say to themselves, Why can't you just follow the law? As though they have some conceptual uh, understanding of what the law actually entails. This is such a typical story with the bureaucrats losing paperwork. It happens over and over again. As you said, fifty six hundred people in this case uh, times three or whatever. You can't That's tell the tip an, of the an iceberg. You
2: can't yeah. tell an anti illegal immigrant person this stuff though you cannot simply cannot um, parlay to them well that's because they hate immigrants and they don't want to hear it
0: if
1: you show any sort of sentiment in favor of these people actually getting a fair shake and having the government do what it's supposed to do uh even under the laws that currently exist uh they'll look at you as being well why are you why are you being so nice to these people
2: yes they're bad gee they're
1: from
0: other countries an amazing story matt did you have anything else to share
6: um i just want to comment oh you know you can't you're not going to be able to convince everybody but, as long as there's people out there that are willing to to listen, you can convince some people and and that's why I called and told this story tonight because I, I agree I think
7: that people don't understand how bad the situation is.
0: Nope. They wow. sure don't. Matt, Thanks great for doing story. It. Thank Matt. you, sir. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You're right. They uh, most of you know these most of these anti-immigration zealots have no interest whatsoever in people really immigrating yeah. here. They yeah. say they speak out of both sides of their mouth. On one side they say, "Oh yeah, immigration is good legal. as long as it's legal." Legal. legal. And then and you yeah, tell them how makes,
1: yeah exactly who makes these decisions? They set up this bureaucracy. It's a it's an absolute utter mess for the people who are working hard trying to get in there. This uh, coming from the same organization. We were talking during the break about this woman, Elvira... What's this woman's name? Elvira Alonzo or something like that. Elvira (laughs) Arellano. Yeah. Uh, Arellano. That's it. Arellano. The one who was picked up outside the church in California. And she's been protesting out of um, Chicago, I think it was. Arellano. Yeah. Yeah. Arellano. Arellano. Thank you. Coming from Florida, you would know. (laughs) Arellano. A R E L L A N O. Arellano. Thanks. Yeah, so um, I've got this thing up. Okay, yeah, so Elvira Ariano, this woman, this is the same organization. They bust this woman coming out of a church that she's been, you know, meeting with people. She's been protesting about this, and they ship her down to Tijuana. She's been here in the United States. She has a kid. Now she's separated from the kid. And I hear people saying, on on you know, radio shows and so on. They're saying these same sorts of people who are like, oh, we got to be strict on immigration. They say. Oh, well, you know, in the time that she was protesting, the three years she was protesting and she was in sanctuary in this church asking for sanctuary, she could have been working towards becoming a
0: legal immigrant. Like, but no, instead she chose to work towards changing the system, right? Yeah, changing the system because the laws are wrong. Right. See, by these people's logic, you should sit there and jump through all the hoops the government puts up for you before you can actually work towards changing the system. So in the in their mind, if you want to immigrate to the country, you should spend 15 years of your life uh, filing the paperwork because this takes forever and for these people. And spending it almost really $8,000. Right to get this done. Where is she going to get
1: that extra eight grand? You
0: sure as hell aren't going to get it down in Mexico, that's for sure. It's ridiculous. And so you're supposed to apparently spend all that time and all that money working towards becoming legal and, and of course, cross your fingers at the same time and hope that they don't lose your paperwork, which they do all the time. Which apparently happened 18 times or something um, today to this one guy. Yeah, it happens frequently to people that apply to... Because remember, these immigrants don't have representatives they can complain to. I mean, it's The government's unresponsive to us, as is. They're even less responsive to people who aren't even in the system. And so they don't care. They'll lose your paperwork. All they know is you're going to pay them another $500 every time you lose their paperwork if they keep wanting to come here. Right.
2: They're incentivized to lose your paperwork.
0: So here's the idea. You're supposed to, by their logic, you're supposed to jump through all the hoops, spend the thousands of dollars, spend the hours and hours of time, and then finally... If you happen to get accepted to the country, then you can start working towards changing the system. Gee, thanks so much for that. Wow. That's really efficient. Ludicrous one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one 259 9231 is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. If you want to talk about immigration, you're welcome to do that or bring up whatever it is that's on your mind. We've got Pug in Canada, Tom in New Hampshire. Ladies, if you call in, your calls come first. 800-259-9231. Hopefully they'll be patient. Wait through the news. And let, I'm going to look at this immigration case here, the activist case. We might come back to that because we've only really touched on it. We may come back, because I know you mentioned to me during the break that they split her up from her um, from her kid. Yeah. Uh, this is yet another co- uh, unintended consequence of these laws. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 2 is coming up. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, we're launching into hour number two of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com, the place to go, the features, totally free. Let's go to the phone calls and talk to Pug in Canada. Pug, you're on Free Talk Live.
8: Oh, hi. Uh, Am I here? You
0: are. What's on your mind, Pug? I'm
8: here, Okay. I am glad that I finally got on with uh, Gardner with around. Uh, okay, I, I actually really like him as a host, uh, a co-host, and I'm going to check out his shows and as soon as I can figure out how to work his page. Uh, <laughs> okay,
1: thanks. We're, we're re- redoing it. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. I like the
8: pinstripes there.
0: Gardner's, oh, uh, Gardner's oh, website, by the way, is libertyconspiracy.com. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's sort of a prisoner motif. You'll notice the prisoner <laughs> stuff over there from the well, TV sort of series. a caramel
8: prisoner. But <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway... Uh, I was, I, it's just a, a simple question, like, what, you know, you get those people who call in, or and they say, you know, the Constitution only applies to Americans, so this, these terrorists, we can lock mm. them up and torture them and all that stuff, right? Mm.
2: They don't call in here too much, but yes, no, I do well, understand the Saturdays. sentiment.
8: So stupid. <laughs> I, I'm actually meant to call in on Saturday, but it was busy, so. Well, anyway, there's so a, this, this this a point that question. I what? I
1: just wanted to mention, there's a point that i make sure I don't forget, because it has to do with the Padilla case, but go ahead.
8: Uh, so, anyways, I like I'm a Canadian, right? Yeah. So, if I was traveling to the United States, do these people believe that it's a okay to, you know, search me without consent, without reasonable grounds? Do they think it's okay to detain me for, you know, no reason whatsoever?
0: Probably, because, um, because they tend to think that way with Americans. So, I don't see why <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't well, think true. that way with you. Yeah. <laughs> Good uh, point, but, Ian.
8: And if they, if they bring up the point, you know, you know, C- Canada's the allies of the united states they'd never do that well what about you know the german callers right you got a guy from germany who calls and a guy from sweden a guy from australia
4: mm-hmm.
8: what about them would they would the people who are reluctant to imprison americans first off reluctant to you know imprison canadians would they you know imprison a german or an australian yeah. or something like yeah. that yeah. Or, you know
1: you bring to mind two points pug and uh it's a great insight especially coming from canada You know the arrest they made over the past week and a half in those New Jersey slayings of those those youngsters? One of them was just starting college, those kids who were lined up and shot down in, uh, where is it, Newark, New Jersey, I think it was, or Trenton? Mm. No, I hadn't heard about this. All right, well, yeah, one of the guys was an illegal alien. Oh, no. Okay. Now, and Geraldo Rivera actually makes great points about this on Fox News. He had five prior convictions, one of them was for child rape of a five-year-old girl, okay? Now, all the neocons are out there, and some of the paleocons, too, are getting wrapped up in this, and they're saying, oh, if that man had only been taken care of properly under the immigration laws, he wouldn't have been around. He would have been deported. It's like, no, he would not have been deported. He would have been under trial, he would have been undergoing trial for child rape. They wouldn't have deported him to Mexico. They would have if if that had happened and the guy had committed a crime in the United States and then escaped to Mexico, they would have asked for extradition. He wouldn't have been deported. So that all these arguments that we constantly hear from these conservatives about that are totally bogus. And the reason that we have our constitutional protections are not just to protect United States citizens, but to put an umbrella of force onto the government that forces the government to operate in a serp- certain fashion. So you should be afforded your uh, your rights against impro- improper searches and seizures. Right. Just like Jose Padilla should have been given his right as an American citizen. In the beginning. Or
0: anybody else. Or the guys in Guantanamo or uh, The guys whoever. in
1: Guantanamo, exactly. It is because those rules are there to make the government operate in my a certain deca- way. My
0: Declaration
2: of Independence says that all men were created equal. Right. I don't know what these people's declarations say. Sure. And
0: right. in, in theory, the way I understand it is that the, uh, the U.S. Constitution applies to everyone in the world who comes exactly. in contact I mean, with the U.S. government. That's the way it's supposed to be. But we've all seen that the U.S. government could give a flip about what its founding documents say.
8: Amazing. That, that was sort of the point. I mean, like, because if that's the only way it can possibly work. Otherwise, you know, if a Canadian comes in, they can do whatever they want, German comes in, they can do whatever they want, you know, yeah, that's it can only work that way or it's ridiculous. And
0: there you go, pointless. Pug. Any other thoughts?
8: Uh, well uh, just uh, also conversely, you could you could turn that around and say what rights do Americans expect in other countries? Oh, right man,
2: great point. Shouldn't we be crucified at the border if we go
1: yeah,
8: over to Canada
4: to uh, hey, you know
1: play at the casino? You know, I've got a great suggestion for you. If you get an opportunity, go over to James Bovard's blog. It's JimBovard.com, okay? And uh, I've been, I'm have been. i friends with James Bovard now. He's one of those guys that I always looked at as one of my heroes, and now I can sort of call him an acquaintance because I've had him on my show a few times. He's going to be on in the next couple of days. I'm not sure when. But James Bovard has a great number of points about the way they held Padilla and the way they treated that guy and things that Dick Cheney tried to do – That nobody even knows about, and the claims that the Bush administration made about how they weren't shipping prisoners off to other countries, and then when it showed that they they were shipping them, yeah, yeah. then they were saying, well, we're only shipping them to countries that promise they won't interrogate, uh, in you know, in certain ways and, and torture people, and yet those sure. countries have been
0: proven to torture people. It's right. amazing. They
4: think he swore, right? So, it's okay. There
0: yeah. you go. Thanks for the call, Pug. Yeah, we appreciate you. it. 800-259-9231. The CAI toll-free line for you. Uh, you know, it's... A, you're right. The, the door swings both ways. If we want Americans to be treated well around the world, then we should be setting the example for the rest of the world. But say, our look, government
2: doesn't care whether Americans are treated well around the rest of the world they just
0: don't why should they care they don't care about you it's they're not there to protect you as much as they claim that they are they're there to take your money that's what they're there for i
1: was reading also on the same blog i was reading about waterboarding and you know that was that was determined in 1947 to be a war crime and it's incredible, but not that, anymore. Apparently, yeah. not anymore. And Dick Cheney—it's uh, not a it's, war crime
0: if we do it. In yeah, America. it's been
1: reported by by numerous people that Dick Cheney wanted to make sure that the rules for engagement for interrogation were so harsh that they could—that he wanted to tweak the rules so that interrogators could bring people to the point of system failure, just Jeez. about dead, almost dead.
0: You know what? I it, just figured it out. Yeah. You said it was a war crime in the 40s. It's probably still a war crime today, which might be why they didn't uh, declare war. If there's no declared (laughs) war, you don't have any war crimes, do you? 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Tom, in New Yeah,
9: A couple more inconsistencies about the the Constitution. Uh, Somebody was bringing up about the foreigners. Well, Cubans being picked up by the U.S. Coast Guard, in U.S. coastal territorial waters are summarily returned back to Cuba without due process of law. Yeah, right. Right. They can yeah. put, yeah. They if they can put a
2: foot on the beach, they're okay, but if they can't, then they're gone.
9: Oh, but, but you see, they haven't really entered the United States yet. They're just in U.S. coastal territorial waters. Well, excuse me, but prohibition was the 18th amendment to the United States Constitution, and they were enforcing that all the way out to the boundary right. in U.S. coastal <laughs> territorial waters. They as far as they feel like it. In boats mm. and the other inconsistency. It's all here. arbitrary,
0: if, Tom. It's, it's just up to the bureaucrats.
9: If you get arrested on Friday afternoon and they see the courthouse is already closed, so that means you're going to sit there and rot either you pay some extortionate fee to uh you get bailed out, mm-hmm. or you're going to sit there and wait until, until Monday, uh, Monday or Tuesday after the holiday weekend. Oh Aren't God! They so smart, demanding the Martin Luther King holiday. That means you get an extra day to get the toilet plunger worked up your <laughs> rear end. <laughs> but then, but that's because the courthouse isn't open and they can't arraign you on a Saturday. But gee, if they need a search warrant on a Saturday, uh, they can come up with that. One. Mm. Oh yeah all of a sudden but there's something somebody did about that wednesday night in st louis missouri somebody fought back and gunned down a cop
0: oh god <laughs>
2: oh, tom yeah. does love a good gun he down does cop.
0: enjoy those stories tom thank you for oh, the yeah. call sir we appreciate <laughs> it as always one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231
2: Gunning down a cop will not do you any good in the there have uh, been plenty in pursuit cops that have of freedom. Been,
0: well, I mean, look at this. I mean, right, there
2: cops been... that get gunned down, it has nothing to do with right. it. All it's going to do is mark you as a
4: madman.
0: Well, I mean, of all the cops that have been gunned down over time, it hasn't done a damn thing to change the system. right? No. If you want to change the system, gunning down cops apparently isn't the solution. Uh, so 800-259-9231. just people, and honestly, the bureaucrats don't care about them either. That's true. They're, they're, they're just the grunts. They're just the foot soldiers. In fact, you and I, uh, we've got a secret meeting with a member of law enforcement against prohibition tomorrow, Mark. And uh, we may have a few insights into the world of law enforcement. He's, uh, he's a member of Leap who's been listening to the show yes. for the past several weeks. While he's on the job, apparently. <laughs> That's all I can say. Not the first cop uh, to do that. Yeah. There's a lot of members of Leap, so uh, there won't be any way for them to track him down. More on the way, this is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231. CAI Toll-Free Line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. Ian Guard. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us, including the wiki. Over 1,400 pages created by listeners just like you. You can go and be a part of it. Edit it or just surf around. Wiki.freetalklive.com. dot ifreetalklivecom
2: SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early-out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live.
0: 800 259 9231 to the amplifier line to Sam in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Sam, hello. Hi, gentlemen. What's on your mind?
10: On our last call, we talked about network neutrality, and you and Ian, or uh, sorry, you and Mark were left with the opinion that any legislation would, around net- network neutrality would be a bad idea?
0: Any government regulation of the Internet, I oppose.
10: Okay. I want to see if I can swing you on that and uh, give you some examples here. Okay. So, uh, First off, I want to say network neutrality is in place today for AT&T. It was a condition of the Bell South merger, but it's a temporary ban, and it's only two years. So what, are what, they,
0: what are they banning?
10: They're, they're Well, they're not banning anything. What they're saying is that all traffic must be treated equally. And that's what the network neutrality crowd is really pushing, is legislation that says on your network you treat all packets.
0: But it's my network, sir.
10: Well, yeah, I understand that, but let me let me go further before you... Don't, you, you don't but, own
0: my network, do you? I don't. Yeah, okay.
1: I don't understand why somebody else should set the stipulations between me and the, and the company with which I contract. Give, give him his
2: shot. He's go trying ahead, to sway us he here. Wants to make no, a point. I, go ahead. I,
10: I agree. They should be able to do whatever they want. However, in our current regulatory environment, that just doesn't work. Okay.
0: Uh, it's been working so far, but go ahead.
10: Well, not really, though. Comcast has already started blocking BitTorrent traffic, so if you need to get a... Uh, a Linux ISO or, a, a, you know, a new uh, operating system, that's the way those are, are distributed nowadays. Mm-hmm. You can't do it.
0: Okay. All right. So, so switch it, providers. But go ahead. Right. Your point.
10: Now, uh, AT&T has, is really in bed with the government. They In their mage, main uh, server rooms and Internet backbone data centers, they the government has a room with, you know, no windows, a door, all kinds of fiber running into it. Mm-hmm. And what they do is, AT&T will pipe in whatever traffic, whether it's Internet, email, um, phone calls, and the government's got servers in there that they can log into remotely and run all of their taps and traces and so forth. That's correct. So there's no
3: oversight there.
10: Now, if we talk about network neutrality and how they would, the phone companies would actually implement this, they do two things. They put a box in at the neighborhood where you have like a 1-gig or a 10-gig line coming out, and it would do... It's called traffic shaping and rate shaping. Traffic shaping is where I pick out, like, BitTorrent traffic, and I put it on a slower network, or I block uh, online gaming, or I block, you know, whatever. Rate sure. shaping is where I'm adjusting the actual speed, so I cap online gamers at, you know, this many bytes per second.
4: Of course,
2: your gamers can go elsewhere. They can. And they will. Can. <laughs> they will go darn fast as a matter of fact. yeah, well, the gamers
0: are a pretty powerful uh, powerful group on the internet. yeah, I they'd mean... be the
2: last ones that you'd want to screw with.
10: Very true. Uh, now, your PI guy mentioned that the government was worried about having access to this spectrum uh, that's being auctioned off, and that's been an objective of theirs is to have uh, priority on the telephone network, on the internet, you know just across the board in communications. They want their traffic to go through above everybody else's uh, just because they're the government.
0: The government wants that, okay. Yes. Mm -hmm.
10: So I think it would only be a matter of time before they get their own special configuration on these boxes that could filter, slow down, give priority to uh, certain computers, certain traffic, Mm -hmm. and so forth. Does that make sense? Sure, it
0: does. You're actually, it seems like you're arguing, uh, the points you're making seem to say that the government's already tied in real tight with AT&T. So I'm wondering why you think the government's going to come to your rescue here and regulate right, AT&T. Right.
10: Well, because, okay, so I think today they can't do network neutrality simply because the, the computers don't have the horsepower to keep up with it. You're talking about a 10 or 100 gig stream of data, it takes a lot of uh, horsepower to intercept it, to process a bunch of logic on it, and then switch it and stream it back out. Mm-hmm. So the the computers can't do it today, but I think if if network neutrality were allowed to kind of propagate, it would only be a matter of time before you know somebody comes up with this technology to do it, and then it's only a matter of time before the government's able to filter and uh, change the configuration at will. And what do you think they would do to websites like maybe Free Talk Live one day?
0: I don't know, but uh, this—you know—your scary story isn't enough to get me to support government regulation, it, sir. Because
2: it's, it's scary stories um, that about what could happen, so we need some government regulation that gets us into this mess in the first place. Sam, the environment a great I mean, example. Isn't it a scary story that got us the TSA? It is, yeah. You yeah. know, and, and, you know, once the government gets involved, then they dictate how things go, not um, any, anybody else. As much as you'd like your law to work, and I would like there to be something called – I mean, neutrality sounds really good. I'm not exactly sure about it. Obviously, I'm the least savvy of uh, – three dolts, um, on this uh, show as to what they're talking about. And you probably know more about this subject than we do. I just know that whenever you give the government power to regulate anything, they screw it up. Well, they don't screw it up. They do it um, what's best for them, but they still do it in a very efficient, inefficient
0: manner, even for themselves. Right. Okay. So you haven't done it, Sam. Sorry about that. Any other <laughs> final thoughts?
10: Uh, well, so if I'm hearing you guys correctly, you're saying, uh, yes, it's uh, network neutrality is... Um, not something that you would support legislation for, uh, but you think the telephone companies should be able to do what they want only because government would make a bigger mess, and you 're not so government much
0: always ruins everything it touches now look, I, I agree with you that the marketplace for the internet is restricted, mm-hmm. and that's because of government uh, you know meddling in uh, the worlds of cable television and phone lines and that sort of thing so while i while I agree with you that it is restricted and that's less than desirable. I certainly would rather let the marketplace operate as it is instead of have more government rules placed on top of it. Right. Thank and you for the call, though. We really appreciate it.
1: I agree. Uh, you know, I think any imbalance in the system that's come about already due to the FCC manipulation in favor of, say, AT&T or something like that is minuscule compared to the advantages of allowing the uh, marketplace to flourish by not imposing net neutrality, by allowing
0: different providers to give different levels of net coverage right it it just doesn't seem to me it just doesn't make sense to me like i understand the scary story and that is that well the internet providers they want to make it so certain websites have to pay more to transfer their files over their lines but, and, and he just said that he didn't think the technology was quite there to allow for that sort of thing yet. And it seems to me that bandwidth has been getting more and more plentiful over time. So it's not like they're running out of bandwidth. These guys are constantly spending more and more dollars to upgrade their infrastructure, to make it so Absolutely. they can transfer more speeds. And they'll I mean,
1: have even more incentive if they can provide better service. For higher prices to premium payers, which is what the government does not want them to do, which sure. is why they want to impose net neutrality. So uh,
0: let let the marketplace play out how it's going to. Let you know. Let Verizon and Comcast join together into an evil cartel to uh, control our internet access. That'll just make it so the power companies get on the game quicker and offer the power you know the internet over power lines that they've been promising for the longest time. Uh, let's get a third provider in. Let's get Google with this wireless uh, option that was mentioned last hour, Um, not even involving wires to your house, just a little antenna on the top of your house, internet access that way. I trust the marketplace far better than any bureaucratic regulators. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free. 259 is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And guard And Mark. one 800 259 You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site for free. And those features include archives. An entire year's worth of the show right there, front page of the website. In fact, we just posted a brand new torrent for the month of July. You can grab an entire year's worth of shows for free. freetalklive.com. Huh. What happens after a year? Well, it cycles out. Okay. I mean, the, the torrents are still out there. You could still get them, theoretically. They okay. may still be available. Um, so it's not like... We're just not responsible for hosting them. Right, I just yet. don't host them. They're actually still on our server. I just don't link to them. That's all. So if, you, if you're smart, you can, you can get them. Really? In fact, some of our listeners have uh, created their own pages with the old torrents on them and uh, just old downloadable archives. So if you look, you know, if you look around the internet, you can find more than a year's worth of Free Talk Live. Oh, it's right. out there. Nice. Uh, and it's all free. So, freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones. Talk to Daniel in California. You're on Free Talk Live, Daniel. Hello. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind?
9: I just wanted to
3: uh, get you guys' opinion on uh, the Montebello Summit that's going on today with uh, President Bush and Uh, the presidents of Canada and uh, Mexico. I don't know
0: know anything
1: about it. That's the one where uh, they've said that at the end of this, he's going to pledge millions and millions of dollars to Mexico to fight drugs. He's going to wait. He's going to pull it out of his own bank account? Oh, that's right. He's going to pledge millions and millions of your dollars. Uh, Yeah,
3: without Congress's approval.
1: Yeah, isn't huh. that interesting? I don't know how he's going to do that, because treaties are supposed to be approved by the Senate, but hey, hey, you never know what George Bush is. Oh, wacky. yeah. Constitution's
0: well, Constitution. It's all
2: leading to the North American Union, basically, is what it is.
1: Well, that's what people say. You know, a lot of people, they don't even have to be conspiratorialists now. They're, they're saying,
6: well, it's in their own documents. I mean, it's not, not really a conspiracy anymore once they're
1: admitting it publicly. Yeah, they want to take on the EU, and they think that's the only way to do it, huh?
0: Well, what they want to do is centralize control and power and bureaucracy and you know, make themselves all the more p- powerful over a larger landmass. Yeah. How about we'll say this? Whether they want to or not, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Oh, one
9: Daniel? world government. Ah, Yeah, it's an awful, so awful
0: idea. And the only way to stop it is to get active and uh, start spreading the message about freedom and liberty. And if people don't want to listen, then move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Yeah. <laughs> Any other thoughts uh, for us, sir? Uh, no, that's it. Thank Thanks for you. the call, dude. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You know what? Uh, there was a story we read, it wasn't too long ago on the show, about a couple of young boys, 13-year-olds. Uh, I think actually one was 12 at the time. 12 and 13. Who were running down the hallways, slapping girls on the bottom. Ah, yes. Remember that story? Yeah. Uh, well, it turns out the judges dropped the case. Okay. Which is pretty
2: nice. It's good news for those guys, you know, because... It, it, was... it should have been handled in the school. Right. I mean, there shouldn't be any charges for running around and slapping people in the bottom all, as inappropriate as, as it is and apparently there was some uh, they weren't the only ones bottom slapping there was is that right? girls bottom slapping and all kinds of people bottom,
0: bottom slapping <laughs> well the pressure has been building according to the associated press to drop the charges critics saying they'd blown the matter out of proportion and were overzealous the four girls that were listed as victims by the prosecutors even joined in the call for the charges to be dropped so again it's another one of those situations where the girls themselves weren't interested in pressing any charges just the prosecutors wanted Right. to press the charges, and uh, the boys were accused in the police reports of swatting girls on the bottom in the corridor, grabbing girls' breasts on at least two occasions, poking girls' breasts, and mimicking Ooh, sexual intercourse How old while are these dancing. Kids? Thirteen years old. Okay. I mean, it's inappropriate. This wasn't going on at your school when you were thirteen. By yeah, the way. I was going to no. say, jeez. It's certainly they're, they're inappropriate little... behavior. Yeah. But does it mean that they need to spend time in jail? No. I think maybe they should go and pick some trash up from the you know the schoolyard or Absolutely. something like that. Yeah little in school detention, that yeah, sort of thing yeah. uh and if they keep it up, then kick them out of the school i mean there's there are ways to handle this, and I bring that up just as a quick follow up here um you know, the kids say uh, that they never they apologize to the girls in the courtroom saying they never intended to hurt them, blah blah blah. I bring that up because it stands in sharp contrast to what's happening in South Carolina, according to ABC News ever since flyers declaring that fourteen year old Baron Brownlights was a dangerous sex offender. 14 years old, started to appear in his uh, around his South Carolina neighborhood. He has stayed mostly inside his mother's house. I would think. The teen was convicted last year in juvenile court of aggravated sexual assault for abusing his four-year-old cousin. He avoided jail time but was forced to register as a sex offender. His name, photograph, home address, and school are all posted online. As South Carolina's youngest publicly registered sex offender and one of the youngest people on a sex crimes website nationwide, Barron can't go to public pools and must stay away from children under the age of nine. Certain jobs are off limits. He and his mother have had trouble finding an apartment. As a result, his mother told ABC News, she said it ruined his life. Barron also denies he ever inappropriately touched his cousin. He can apply to have his name... Uh, She says her son is innocent, by the way. He can apply to have his name removed from the website when he turns 18. So just, you know, wait four years. Yeah, four years. Then you can apply to have your name removed. Now, of course, uh, if a judge denies his request, he'll have to register on the registry for life. And as you know, with these sex offender registries, whenever somebody who's on that registry moves somewhere, they have to tell the cops where they're moving to, and then, you know, uh, the information goes out to the busybodies in the area, and they do their best to uh, make that person's life a living hell, whether or not they were actually guilty of the crime they committed. That's not an issue. Whatever the crime was, that apparently isn't much of an issue anyway. They just take it at face value, and
2: the judge is not motivated to do the um, to to allow him to come off the uh, the registry because imagine being the judge if this kid. Is a deranged sex offender just the chance that he might be? Who Mm -hmm. knows? I don't know. Um, Nobody listening knows. If if he goes out and does something after that, imagine being the judge who let him off the registry.
1: That's a great point.
2: So um, you know, as an
1: incentive for them to be lenient with these
2: guys, as a bureaucrat. The only thing, his only incentive is to cover his butt. Yeah, you know, these these types of laws are so difficult to work in a
1: government system rather than the private paradigm. You know, you've you've got pressures from parents who want to make sure that their kids are protected. You've got the justice system, which always wants to get convictions, but is trying to do the best for people who might be in a weird situation, 13, 14, 15 years old, and yet... There are these pressures that if they let somebody off the hook, if they give somebody some easy treatment somebody comes back to do something bad well they've got to really crack down it's so difficult to work this stuff it out it is
0: and the problem really where well, the problem really comes in because i'm i'm all fine with ostracism i think ostracism is a great way to handle people that have done something wrong um in in the marketplace yeah but the problem here is that everybody takes the government's decision as you know Gold. the golden word like it actually and, happened right because uh, there have been plenty of people that have been let off of jail decades later because dna evidence has vindicated them sure so there are a lot of people who are in the system that are totally innocent of the charges. The charges were brought by an overzealous prosecutor for whatever reason he wants to pad his uh, conviction record so he can run for mayor. And uh, as a result, people's lives are ruined in the marketplace justice system. If we actually had a, a you know a, a, an economy or rather a marketplace that where you could get justice from arbitrators that did business based on their reputation, based on the fact that they're convicting the right people, um, you know we're putting people. Uh, we're giving people convictions, but we know that they were the right ones. Because if it comes back out that they convicted the wrong guy, they've got some serious mud on their face. Oh, yeah. Now, you can throw all the mud you want at the Justice Department. and it, does, it just bounces right off because it doesn't matter. Nobody can choose to not use the government courts. Whereas in a marketplace situation, if, Gardner, you get convicted for a sex offense and you go off to you know whatever the punishment is, and then it comes out later on that it absolutely wasn't the case. That somehow things got screwed up, and then that company is going to look awful. They're going to try to make it up for you, up to you, but that isn't necessarily going to remove the mud from their face. They're still going to have that black mark on their track record, which people are going to look at when they're trying to take their case somewhere, and they're going to say, "Well, that company that convicted Gardner Goldsmith uh, or that guy of the sexual crime, it turned out they were wrong about that." So I think I'll use Mark's arbitration yeah, service sure. instead, and you know the business will shift elsewhere. The mark Marketplace will handle bad arbitration decisions, whereas now there is no check and balance. There's nothing. You just have to hope and uh, you know, hope that a new prosecutor will be elected who's not as much of a scumbag. And in the meantime, people like this 14-year-old who, again, his mom says is completely innocent, and there's a little bit about his case here in a moment. We'll get to that. But uh, people like him suffer under the, these, this awful system. It says here that a girl, one girl said they were afraid to talk to him. His mom said, what's going to happen when he applies for a job? It's a question states are going to have to grapple with in the coming years. Only a handful now require juvenile sex offenders to post their personal information online. And some allow teens to be taken off when they turn 18. But the Adam Walsh Act, which states must implement by 2009, requires teens as young as 14 who are convicted of serious, excuse me, certain serious sex crimes to register for life. So apparently there's some federal law that's coming down on all 50 states to make this coming to a state near you. We'll give you more information on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll free number one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Cycle C A I toll free line for you. Ian here with you and guard. And Mark? 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the website we give away. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then we ask that you go and shop with us at Amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. It doesn't matter if uh, if you're in the United States, the United Kingdom, Canada, or Germany. uh, We've got links for people in all of those countries at Amazon.freetalklive.com. 41 categories to shop in. Lots of products. Huge selection. If there's something you're looking to buy, they probably got it. And they might even sell you a used version of it as well. Anything you purchase, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of it if you enter through that link. Amazon.freetalklive.com. We're talking about the insane sex offender laws that this country has. They just keep getting worse. Uh, the, you know, They started with the worst of the worst crimes. You know, They started with the guys that are molesting children and that sort of thing. And right, they, as far as the um, registries go. The, the sex offender registries, right. You guys have to register now and you have to stay there for life. And then they expanded it out, and now anybody who's uh, in the, you know, caught in the sex crime category, which includes peeing behind a tree, uh, you know, they, those guys are now listed on the sex mm-hmm. offender registry. Right. And. Because the states had differing requirements, the federal government's getting involved, and now we're seeing the idea of registry spread. It's not just sex offenders anymore. Now Tennessee has a drug dealer registry, yeah, and there's gun, uh,
2: gun crime registries. Is there is there that I didn't know? Yeah, that. I saw that uh, on the news uh, not too long ago.
0: Yeah, it's just a matter of time before they have uh, you know marijuana smoker registries. I mean, they're going to register everybody soon.
2: Which would, at some point they're going to register everyone's name is going to be available on the internet for something. So you know it won't be of any value at all.
1: And you know what I love? Uh, just the the very term gun crime. What do they mean by that? <laughs> I heard Bill O'Reilly talking about that one time with some rapper who was going to Virginia Tech, and he was arguing that this rapper shouldn't be there because Virginia Tech had seen this uh, this gun incident where all these people were killed last year and uh well, Bill really hates gonna... rap, doesn't he? Yeah, and this rapper was like uh you know, he's he has some songs where it seems like he's actually mocking the people who are very violent and stuff like that and he's arguing with this guy who's uh sort of trying to stick up for the rappers and he's like, "Bill, why are you always down on the rappers?" He's like, "He has he has a criminal record. He has a gun crime on his background. What about that, huh? Huh?" This is Bill O'Reilly. What a jerk. Like, what the heck do you mean by gun crime? What You know, it's so amorphous. What do you mean,
9: gun could crime? It mean anything. Same thing. So, so, sex yeah, crime.
1: He was caught in an airport with a gun. He was caught someplace where he shouldn't be with a gun. Carrying uh, frankly, a weapon without yeah, a license. Uh, someplace where they have unconstitutional gun laws that would have prevented him. That could be a gun crime. What do you mean? What the heck are you talking about, O'Reilly?
0: You know, he's so, so stupid. These so-called conservatives like uh, Bill O'Reilly. Well,
2: that he claims to be Moderate. Which oh, um, which does sort of, uh, you know, get him off the hook on, uh, because, yeah. you know, obviously if moderate's closer to liberal than conservative, according to, you know, the talk radio paradigm that's out there, I'm not exactly sure what it all is. Who knows? But, um, you know, of course, Bill's sort of closer to liberal than a conservative, so therefore he should be against guns. No one should have guns.
0: Only the army and the police should have guns. Mm-hmm. Then we'll be safe. Well, this sort of mentality, uh, this mentality by the conservative crowd out there that, you know, we need to just enforce these gun laws that we currently have on the books. We don't need any new laws, which I agree with that part. You certainly don't need more laws. But we need to enforce these laws. There are 20,000 laws on the books in the federal government, and they're not enforcing them now. If we just enforce these laws, we'd all be a lot safer. Right. What are you talking about? We'd all be a lot safer if we had true gun freedom, and uh, people could carry the, whatever weapons they chose to carry. Yeah, then we'd be safer.
1: Yeah. You know, it's like I was mentioning to you guys off the air, I'm reading the the uh, the book, uh, the fifth book of uh, F. Paul Wilson's uh, series on repairment Jack. Mm-hmm. Do you like is, him. Uh, oh, awesome. F. Paul Wilson is awesome, everybody. Pick up his stuff. And repairment jack is a guy who has no last names no social security number doesn't pay taxes and is a fixer of situations around new york and so he has to keep his identity secret hops around everywhere and he's armed in new york city which of course is not legal (laughs) right and so he's got this little Semmerling that he keeps on his ankle it's a 45 carries 45 rounds and uh and he it turns out there's a scene on a train train car where uh he is forced to have to defend all these unarmed people on this train, right, and he blows away the guy and all the people are like, "Oh, thank you, thank you," and they're calling him the savior and he turns on him and he goes, "Where the hell were you people?" Because he doesn't want to have to do it because people will re- recognize his face. He doesn't want people to know who he is out in this public situation. He goes, Why, what, you know, what is wrong with you? All you use out there. And you see mm. EWE, and it's like, oh, man, he's calling him sheeple. Mm. And then later he does. And, mm. and and it's amazing how people become so complacent. All of a sudden, something terrible will happen on a train car or a subway thing or on a, on a campus. I just read an article recently that says college students want to be able to carry firearms. And... You don't hear about George
2: Mason University.
1: Yeah. yeah, You don't hear about this sort of thing in in the mainstream media. Why is it? You know, because they who dictate what the news
0: is, they don't like guns. They're afraid of guns. It's true. Most, I think, surveys have shown that the people that are in the newsrooms around America are just, they're more of the liberal mentality for whatever that means. And uh, they just don't. I mean, they're they're going to filter out the news that they don't like. Wow. It's Um, It's troubling. So yeah, you're absolutely right about that. These gun crimes—what does a gun crime mean? I there are twenty thousand possible laws to break at the federal level. How the hell are you supposed to know what all those things right.
1: are? Yeah, yeah, and and to get back to the point you guys were discussing with the sex crimes thing, one of the things that they've done is they've applied ex post facto. We're supposed to have no ex post facto law here, right? They you're do you're it absolutely all the time. right.
2: It is punishment that these people were not um, sentenced to. Exactly. So right. if I, you know, just. If the random person, person A, committed a sex crime in 1973 and then 30 years later is put on the uh, sex offender registry, that's effectively punishment for um, something, and they have not been sentenced to that punishment. Isn't
0: that supposed to be illegal in America? It is. It's
2: completely unconstitutional.
1: There shall be no posting of ex post facto law. That is a very strict provision of the United States Constitution. I wonder if
0: anyone has ever, any of these guys that have had that applied to them after the fact, I wonder if any of them have tried to take that to
1: court. I I would be fascinated. They've done it here in New Hampshire, and they they got an interesting twist in New Hampshire. What they're doing now in some cases is guys who are about to be released at the end of their sentences for sex crimes, they're keeping them in longer Trying to keep them there with psychiatric evaluations Uh is what they've been doing with some of these guys. So instead of keeping them in jail, they move them to psychiatric hospitals where they're still detained. Now, you know, I'm all for trying to protect myself, my niece, Mm -hmm. my neighbor's kids against predators. But, you know, uh, it comes down to this. We have armaments in our home and I am going to use them with deadly force if someone encroaches. That's the way it works. That's I'm not going to trust somebody who can't be there right. and will arrive a half hour later or ten minutes later. Not it's only not that,
0: work. not only do you have armaments, but also we have common sense. And yeah. we can teach our kids yeah. uh, to you know, to not talk to strangers, to not get in the van, to not go help that man with uh, who claims to have a puppy go look for his puppy. You, know, you can teach your kids uh, how to deal with these situations. If your kids are too young to handle those situations, what the hell are you doing letting them out in the playground by themselves. Right. What are they so,
2: running around to muck- the, all by themselves for?
0: This yeah. is more of a parental issue than anything else. And I think the most important point to make on this whole sex offender registry thing and you can think the sex offender registry is the greatest idea. I don't care. But the problem with it is, the biggest problem, in my opinion, as far as as far as its stated purpose. The stated purpose is to help people identify sex offenders so they can keep their kids safe, right? right? Well, the fact is the sex offender registry doesn't identify sex offenders who have not yet been caught. So, what it does is it creates this sort of false sense of security that's sort of akin to the sense of security that we were mm-hmm. talking about over the weekend about how people, well, they think right. that because... As long as the, I keep an uh, eye on this guy, I've got all
2: the sex offenders that's down. An
0: excellent right. point. Well, it was sort of the same sort of false sense of the security the FDA gives people. Well, because the FDA exists, therefore this treatment must be effective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, well, because the sex offender registry exists, therefore I don't see any uh, offenders in my neighborhood, therefore right. it's a safe neighborhood. Are you kidding me? You could have five sex offenders living on your street and you would never know it until it's too late. It, it gives parents sort of this, you know, feeling of, well, I'll just let my kids go out. I don't have any sex offenders in my neighborhood or just don't go by, you know, the house down the street. There's a weirdo that lives there. Okay, go run along, kids. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do anything to keep your kids safe. Only you can do that. Please don't count on the government for these sorts of things. 800-259-9231. Let's jump into the phones here. Steve in Massachusetts. Uh, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Steve.
3: Hi, guys. What's A uh, couple things. First, a comment on Ron Paul, and then I'd like to, uh, to have a conversation with you briefly about uh, what, if any, is a legitimate role of government in a society. Oh, okay. boy, that'll be a um, good Ron conversation. Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I love your show. This is an awesome show. I'm totally hooked on it. I'm really excited. Thanks, Steve. Uh, I saw Ron Paul speak in 1988 at Daniel Hall in Boston, and it was unbelievable, an unbelievable experience. I saw him yesterday at a Republican uh, picnic in New Hampshire. He was one of four Republican candidates speaking. Fox was there, Huckabee, and Tancredo. All four of them spoke. Light applause for the other three. When Ron Paul got up, I thought the roof was going to come down. It was so loud. It was
0: unbelievable. Well, the fact is Americans, I was just going to say that Americans, thankfully, are apparently still interested in this whole liberty concept. I know you wanted to get into a conversation, so hang on. We'll bring you back in hour number three for that, because I know it's going to be a little extended, since we all disagree on this whole government thing. 800-259-9231. What should be the government's role in our lives? I say, zip. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. is your show and you can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the CAI toll-free line as we kick off our number three of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Guard And Mark. You can join us online. FreeTalkLive.com is the place to go. The features on the site we give away so enjoy those on us. That is FreeTalkLive.com as we go back to the phones and back to Steve in Massachusetts. Now Steve, uh, you were going to get into an issue about the role of government so I wanted to make sure you had a chance to get into that Without us having to run you off the air towards the end of the second hour.
3: Oh, thanks for letting me uh, uh, stay over the top of the hour. Yeah, I, you know, to me it's very simple. It's just an issue of the non-aggression principle, which is that no one can initiate the use of force, the threat of force, or fraud against another person or their property.
0: Right. It seems and simple to long, me too.
3: Right. As long as the government abides by the non-aggression principle, I don't have a problem with government. I don't have government. I don't have a problem with government raising money through voluntary methods hmm. like. Uh, even tolls for roads that the government has built as long as force is not being used or a government lottery, any voluntary contributions to government, these things are all fine. It's when the government initiates the use of force or the threat of force against us and our property that we have a problem. Absolutely. I'm I'm just trying to figure out what we – I love the idea of private contract dispute resolution. I think it's great, and arbitrators exist today, and that's all fine. But my question is, don't we need to have an ultimate – uh, legitimate, sanctioned authority to do things like deprive criminals of their liberty and put them in jail and detain them from running away. A criminal is not going to agree. You know, a, a career habitual criminal a criminal is just an awful person is not going to agree to um, have a private company um, uh, arbitrate some criminal dispute. He's, he's opted out of the system, and someone needs to use force against that criminal, not initiate the use of force. The criminal initiated the use of force. Someone needs to use force to restrain that criminal in a prison or whatever, and I can't see how that can be done privately. What gives legitimacy to a private company to take away the liberty of an individual, even though they have earned the loss of that liberty? Isn't that ultimately the role of the state, as long as it's done without coercive methods, without yeah, income taxes and other uh, things that violates an I was, I was just
1: going to say, I think from the outset I'm going to work back a little bit uh, with that last bit that you mentioned and then a few sentence, sentences prior to that. I think defini- definitionally uh you you're at an impasse when you can say that the government can operate without coercing uh, and operate within the non-aggression principle because you have no go- government exactly. At that Exactly well, if then it we're does playing that semantics. and its voluntary then it's not government like we were you discussing a couple weeks ago You could still call it a government
0: if you wanted to but it really wouldn't be a government in the way we know that governments operate No so so that's a bit of
1: a trick and and as you say you know couldn't couldn't they do this with you know voluntary uh, contributions and things like that, again, you're not going to have a government in that case. You have something else. And what it comes down to is this, I think. If you had private institutions that were doing these sorts of things and they had their own justice systems which worked in a dynamic, functional way with other justice systems from other private organizations, uh, other private societies, if you had someone who got captured inside one private society and they had to do something with this guy... They would work out systems with the other private societies. If he came from another private society, they would already have a prior agreement with members from that other private society that, in order to interact with each other and facilitate trade, they would have come to agreements that would facilitate a judicial system that could imprison this man, that could defend against this man. And if there were problems between the two or three or four or more, The one that kept having the problems... Would be dealt with less and less until they were ostracized. So the private societies themselves would have an incentive to have interworking judicial systems, which would allow for extradition, which will allow for arrest, and potentially allow for the the killing or the imprisonment of someone from another private society.
0: Depending on what the individuals who make up that society want. Right. I, for instance, would not be interested in living in a place where there were uh, where capital punishment w- was to be found. There you go. Uh, while there are plenty of Americans. Americans who would be more than happy to live in a place like that. Right, so right. would I want to venture into that particular, you know, kill them all town? Heck no, I'll stay away. I won't do business in your yeah. town. No right. thanks. Well, I don't yeah, know that it, it would keep me out. But...
3: Just a last follow-up. It just seems to me that it's semantics. Whether it, you call it government or whether you call it a, you know, a private uh, private uh, criminal dispute resolution, resolution, it's the same thing. As long as it, this, this institution, whatever you want to call it, doesn't violate the non-aggression principle, we all agree, I guess.
2: Well, but, yeah.
4: but well, we're still
2: off on something. Well, I don't think we exactly agree. I do not agree with the non-aggression principle. Well, I think right, it because sounds really... Hold, okay on to hold, hold on people. just a second. It, it sounds fabulous and everything, Sicko. but it's essentially an anarchist
0: pledge. Um, it's, you Stop cannot, it, Mark. Just don't use that, said, that term. You told me you wouldn't use that term I said that I wouldn't show. call you an anarchist. Well, that's not an anarchist pledge. Anarchi- it is absolutely. Anarchy- anarchy- hold on to <laughs> a,
2: a A pledge that says that you cannot use coercive force essentially does away with the government, and is uh, a, a society without a government is an anarchy. Now, I nope, disagree. Not I think
3: our constitution. I'm sorry. I think our constitutional, as it originally was set forth, almost abided by the non-aggression principle. Right. It'll that's do.
2: Absolutely it'll do, and I agree that I believe that this government that the Constitution was written by men for the average man to understand it is not written yeah. in some bizarre legalese um, and we do not need a Supreme Court to dictate what the what the Constitution says to us so um th- therefore I think that uh you know a government that abides by the Constitution as a normal person would read it not as the the uh, the, the Supreme Court has bastardized it um, that government would be if not legitimate, at very least workable. It's,
1: it's, it's, sorry, Ian, go ahead.
2: Uh, how, I about a parting
3: on... comment, how about a parting comment that we have an amendment to the Constitution that the government must abide by the non-aggression principle?
1: Yeah, the, but that, and, in, if, if that was the case, then, uh, see, I, I'm i pretty strict on my semantics, and that, if that was the case, you wouldn't have a government. You'd right. have, you would have a private institution. See, and... Steve
0: wants this, he wants this overarching, uh, you know, overarching ultimate authority that he can look to, right? Because that's what he had originally pointed yeah, out. He said, okay, right. okay, arbitration's cool, but don't we need this overarching authority? Right. And in, over to, in order to have that overarching authority, you have to have a gang using coercive right. force With the monopoly on, others.
1: on force. See, Steve, this is where you well, can go... Well, using t- force, but not initiating force. Yeah, but see, Steve, this is where... The, it, but they have this, to initiate their is force. This is the thing. If they're going to no, have, have it, how the do they become the authority? To... Now, hold on, hold on. Uh, Steve, if you are going to yeah. say that the government could abide by the non non-aggression theory then what that would mean is that they could also not exclude competition so that you right. would no longer have really in as far as the definition goes government you would right. have private institutions competing for certain protective services and it wouldn't be government if- government has a monopoly on legal use of force. As soon as the
0: government allows competition in the world of, you know, yes the American Arbitration Association exists, but we're talking about in criminal matters, right? right? So as soon as the government allows competition for justice in criminal matters, then the government, if it did exist and the bureaucrats that ran it want to continue to make it, you know, continue on with their jobs, they have to find a voluntary way to fund themselves, as Steve is pointing out, and they instantly become just another player in the marketplace. They don't have the authority that they had before because They're no longer using force over others That's how their authority is created Because you and I can't grant authority to the government It's not possible We don't have the authority Gardner, I don't have authority to rule over your life Vice versa, you don't have authority to rule over me Therefore, we cannot take that since we don't ha- that which we do not have, and right. grant it to Mark, right. and say, Mark, now we are imbuing you with both of our authorities to rule over us. You don't we don't have the authority to give you in the first place. Mm-hmm. So the whole concept of government having authority is null and void. Of people giving authority to government, it, it's it's fallacious. Right. It's specious. You know, hey. it does not it does not follow. It does not here's work. A, it a... only works because they have guns and they aren't afraid to use them on you. That's how right. they get their authority.
1: Right. Here's a tangent, Steve and and Ian and Mark. I'd love to to, uh, present this to you. I was talking with my friend Lisa one time, and she posed this hypothetical. What if you're in a boat, and you know that there's only enough food for one person, and your life depends on you being that one person? Do you have – is it acceptable, or do you have a right to – Push the other person off the boat so that you can survive. Well, oh, I wouldn't push them off. You can eat them, too. True. There you go. <laughs> Steve, what's Steve, your answer? Hold on, hold on, hold on Mark. I'll what's your them. answer, Steve?
0: I, I, I'll eat them. Thanks for the call, See, Steve. now that's time. the
2: difference. You need a system that works versus one that's, quote, unquote, legitimate. <laughs> I well, care that's, about uh, legitimate.
0: Well, then it becomes legitimate at that point because uh, then it's life or death, right? Because then well, there is a whole. No, field that person did not initiate force on you.
1: That's the thing. You're up against another human being.
0: So what happens there? Nature is pitting you against each other. It is an excellent question, and uh, let's look at it a little closer coming up here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The lifeboat scenario. Yeah. One uh, enough food for one of you. What do you do? This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. It is your show. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Gard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system, with over a quarter of a million posts. That's a lot of posts. In fact, Garter Goldsmith has recently uh, joined the fun over at the Free Indeed. Talk Live. Uh, yes, yeah. It was nice to see you posting a bit over there. In yeah. fact, uh, it won't take you long to have more posts than Mark, because he's got uh what do you how many, what i do think what got,
2: got 100 <laughs> oh and, and which one freaky no free talk live oh no plenty i have plenty of those
0: yeah you've been uh, posting okay, more right. he's been posting more recently right, anyway uh it's free there's lots to talk about bbs.freetalklive.com get you to it bbs.freetalklive.com your mattress was likely
2: manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals does this bother you Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. I like mine. Yep.
0: 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. Back to the lifeboat scenario here. Uh, now, of course, we love a good what-if scenario on Free Talk Live. We love the most extreme, the most absurd, the most ludicrous. Um, and even this one isn't really extreme, absurd, or ludicrous. It Although, if happen. we have trouble with it, we will call it extreme and ludicrous. <laughs> it, okay, it, yeah. <laughs> well, we can't talk about that one. We've tried, but... <laughs> but most of them kind of aren't extreme. realistic. You know, most of them aren't realistic. Like, uh, the, my favorite one of the most extreme ones is, well, if we have private roads, what will happen if somebody builds roads all around my house and traps me there? You know, that sort of crap. <laughs> um, because people usually have to go to the extreme in order to make uh, some sort of a point against the pro-liberty, um, pro-liberty position. Yeah. But now we're talking about the lifeboat scenario, which, you know, has happened from time to time. People go out on cruise ships, and uh, the cruise ship... You know, goes under or whatever, and you end up in a Give the scenario, Gardner. Yeah, go ahead and recap it. Okay, I'm um, chatting with my friend Lisa.
1: We uh, we often get together down at Fee in Irvington, and uh, all, you know, very strong free market people, and we all try to adhere to the non-aggression principle. Okay. And uh, so she believes in small government. She not, does not believe that the free market can handle all of it. Uh, she thinks that eventually it, you would come up with some sort of government eventually anyway, blah, blah. blah. So, okay, fine. So she said, well, think about this. What happens if you're on a lifeboat or you're on on the ocean on a boat and it's you and another person and you will die because you only have enough provisions for one person? And you know you will die unless the other person is eliminated.
2: Well, hold on. Um, And the reason that is unrealistic is because food comes in uh, convenient little bite-sized pieces. So therefore, you could choose to live half as long and both of you could eat. Right. So that's why it's, that's why it's unrealistic. Now you yeah. could um, assume, you could believe that um, you would you will die if you do not uh, you know kill the other person, kick them off the boat. But the, weight, it is the
1: weight of the boat is is such that uh, it's not that the boat can't handle you know, all your weight. You know, you're both very heavy people. Right. Who there knows?
2: are scenarios, and I will right. go with your scenario in that um, you know you can believe. That you will. Uh,
0: no, one knows no one knows you're right. out there. There's next right. to zero chance of someone happening to come along. You've already been out there for long enough to where you've eaten all your food and you're starting to get hungry. You know, what do you do in that particular case? I say you're back in the laws of the jungle, my friend, and at that point, you've got to do what you've got to do to stay alive. I I would have to agree with my friend Ian here, and uh, I will hope that I'm on the boat with
2: him because I I do outweigh him. Well, there's a lot of interesting factors here because.
1: (laughs) Why, I have a shiv. (laughs) The the psychology of subjectivity here is, is very interesting because you might be certain that your life depends on killing that other individual you might think that all of the circumstances you've been able to figure out qualitatively and quantitatively point you towards that decision, Mm -hmm. that you are in the state of the jungle and you have to go and take care of this for your own survival. However, then you can apply that towards other subjective impressions that other people have when they believe that... Their lives are being threatened by someone else. Now, we certainly know that when someone directly threatens your life with a firearm or other type of weapon, you are certainly justified to defend your life. But what if just the sheer existence of another person makes you believe 100%, with 100% conviction or ninety or something percent conviction enough to, to convince you to say I need to eliminate that. Or person. you're just crazy. Even yeah, even though his actions aren't putting me in danger, his very existence threatens my life. Do you, out of the primacy of existence, have the right to take his or her life? And
2: Oh, well, you I don't know, have the right to. You
1: do.
0: You don't ever have the right. You, you do to not do that. have the right to do it. Right. right. It's well, just at that point, kill
1: or
2: be killed. <laughs> right.
1: Supposedly, you have a right to self-defense. In this case. It's perceived self-defense. Sorry, doesn't qualify all, all as self-defense. Of these,
0: all of the rights we're talking about apply right. in you know society, where there are certain things that are the right things to do in right. order to propel society on into the future. Sure, sure. Um, in this case, society is gone. In this case, all you have is the t- society of the two people on the boat. And uh, you know, while the non-aggression thing to do would be to wait until he decides to try to kill you, and then defend yourself and successfully kill your uh, your attacker, I don't know. I think but, it's just a bad but situation either way. Here's another question for you: Are because then you get to die alone. <laughs> well, do
1: our, do our visions of the proper role of the rights of the individual within society, are you saying that they don't apply when it comes down to that situation? Uh, for example, if we believe that a person has a right to individual liberty and a right to his own life, uh, is that only within society, and does it change then to – you have a right to your life and non-aggression, but when you're in that
2: situation
0: of the jungle, I'm not saying that it's, it's right or wrong,
2: Gardner. Right. I'm simply saying I'm not willing to die. Right. Exactly.
1: That's well, I think it
0: right. is. It is within the structures of society and what people are looking for in you know into the future. I want a nice long life, and I want to be happy, and I want to be comfortable, and I understand that if I if I grant that also that ability to everybody else that they can pursue that in their own lives, and we all leave each other alone, then we can you know we can have what we're looking for mm-hmm. right um in the lifeboat there is no more chance at a long life right you know, the best you've got is to get an extra week off of eating someone's entrails uh, and then you die all <laughs> alone i mean it's just an it's an awful situation See, to be in life doesn't occur and i don't even know lifeboats. if that's what i would do necessarily i don't even know i was just i was just playing with well, the it's, scenario almost, in my it's head.
1: almost like a prisoner's dilemma because you could say to yourself okay i can assume that this other person could logically deduce from this situation that he too is going to have to take action against me. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I know I Or you just predict. die together. I mean, that was right. What, you know. So, cuz typically we say, you know, if you have been threatened, if you perceive a threat against your life, then you have the right to defend yourself within society. This mm. is what we
0: what we believe. You but, could say that you're under threat by being in that situation. Well, is the, what you threat, could say? the threat the threat We haven't not said been, the
2: non-aggression principle in quite some time, so you better just go ahead and spit it out.
0: Yes, the the idea of non-aggression
1: principle is that you will not aggress against someone else. You will only be, act in defense, and you will only uh, react to aggression. You can preempt it if someone has stated that he has aggressive uh, intent on you. Uh, If he is uh, facilitating that, then you can preempt in some cases, but it can only come with an objectifiable statement of intent
0: of aggression by someone else. That's typically the way that it goes. What would make the situation more interesting is that if you were starving in the lifeboat and you knew that you were going to get assistance two weeks later, how long does it normally take to die without food? Like seven days or something like that? Water goes
1: more quickly, but food, uh, you can last for weeks Without food. Is it
2: weeks? Yeah, you yeah. can go three weeks um, yeah. without food. You can go uh, three days without water, depending on how hot, uh, how d- much direct sunlight.
0: You're, probably, you're right. You're right. Probably would die from lack of water because you're in. Th- and let's say you're in a lake. You could drink right. the lake water, I guess. But <laughs> <a> gas lake. <laughs> trapped. <laughs> trapped in a huge. It's just an absurd situation. What can we do with this? <laughs> 800-259-9231. Thank goodness we aren't in that situation and we don't have to deal with it. I would hate to be in that position. I don't know. Would it be worse to die a crazy maniac starving and eating on the, the entrails of your uh, your <laughs> partner? Or just die with that person? I don't know. I think it might be better to just die with the other person. You can hold each other. By the way, 3Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you, 800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us, including live streams. Broadband version of the show, dial-up version for free, free freetalklive.com. And Freetalk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American uh, Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. Org, as we go to the phones, to we we're talking about this absurd scenario, and some people want to comment on it, uh, the lifeboat scenario, where uh, two people, you and someone else, are in a lifeboat, and uh, you Somebody's going to die. You've run out of food, and, uh, well, no one's expecting to rescue you anytime soon. What do you do? We'll go to Dave in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Dave.
11: Hello. I think the scenario addresses the question that the fear of death is the ultimate ruler in this physical world, and the true free person is the one that loses the fear of death for what they believe in, living for something that does that they don't fear death. And a good example is that the the soccer team that crashed in the Andes. Yeah, alive. There was one lady that wouldn't eat the dead people, and she died. But she was truly the free one, yep. because she would not break her belief or her her spirit it it divides the physical man from the spirit, know, those man. other guys are
2: alive, Dave, I wonder how you taste with lowry seasoning salt,
11: huh
4: <laughs> <laughs> Say See, again? you know I said,
2: I wonder how you taste with lowry seasoning salt.
1: I understand what you're saying on that one, Dave, you know she's stuck up for her principles and so on. I just and, have and,
11: and also it, it addresses what Ian is talking about—that we are ruled by the gun. Patrick Henry, "Give me liberty, or give me death." You know, you, you, you got to lay He's it on the man line, and, that, and, that, and that, that's what. So you would, you I would think just the start The government then, is afraid that the people might get a sense of that again. And, and you seen it when, when the guy stood in front of that tank in Tenement Square. you yep. You seen it when the WTO protesters stood in front of the cop with them horses stomping on them and the club coming down on their head. And, and, and the, the conservative people are afraid of the, the, the globalism that wouldn't stand behind them people and, and, and it, it, so all would hypocrisy are you saying you wouldn't comes have eaten? out. Are you saying wait, wait. you
0: would not have eaten the, uh, the 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 dead bodies in the the plane crash situation?
11: I I don't think I would have. I I
0: I, I don't position. think
11: so. I think it it separates it. What makes people animal or human being?
4: Well, I it what makes
11: a, people go to war? It. It's what makes people want to kill or greedy, the greedy little sheep cowards that that are afraid of the illegal well, aliens. You know, I don't know if I'm greedy run, because I want to stay alive. Are going to run right into a trap? That because they're using the, the the illegal immigration just as the war on terror to take to attack our freedoms. Do you think not? That they sent that lady back to to uh, Mexico and separated a family, do you think that karma is going to smile and shine upon a country that invades the sanctity of family. Well, hopefully
0: karma understands, and Dave, thank you for the call, but hopefully karma understands that the country doesn't act as one, that there are individuals in this country, um, and we all should be judged based on our individual habits and the things that we do. Um, Gardner, you wanted to make a point, and and Dave, while he's a great caller, he has a lot to say, it's very hard to actually make a point with him on the line, so go ahead. Well,
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, You know, in the case of uh, the book is Piers Paul Reed, I think wrote the book Alive. He was one of 76 Six guys, uh, part of the uh, Chilean soccer team, and they were over the Andes. They crashed in, what was it, 1971 or 72 or something like that, and they spent uh, just ages on top of these mountains, and people were searching for them, but they didn't know they were off tr- off track. And people died first you know they didn't kill these guys right. the, the, the bodies died. they
0: ate were dead were
1: already corpses right. so that's right. that's a matter of religious and 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 uh personal personal thoughts uh, personal conviction regarding i'm sure it wasn't easy oh god no i mean it, it must be a nightmare. It's unbelievable. But, but hunger is the best seasoning, right, as so, they say. Yeah, and I sort of understand. <laughs> I understand what sauce. he's. I understand what he's saying regarding you know a person who's free. But you know we're all constrained by certain things, and I, I happen to have a different opinion. I mean I would have. Uh, if in order to survive, I would have done it. And, absolutely, absolutely, and I would have had no problem with somebody else. If I had died,
0: use my proteins. Go ahead. Please. Yeah, please. You know, uh, do whatever it takes. You know, if if I'm dead, you can use whatever part of me you need to. You absolutely. can stay warm with my corpse if you want. to. i ready to donate my body to science, but uh, the University of Florida isn't interested in my body. So oh, let's go to the bill <laughs> in New Hampshire. Bill, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Gardner and Mark. We're talking cannibalism, all
4: right.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you thought abortion was as low as it could go.
5: No, no, I knew it could go much lower. <laughs> and I just want to uh, congratulate Guard on a, an excellent show today. Hey, uh, thanks. You thanks can hear it, he it on the radio,
2: it. huh?
5: Yeah. All right, thank uh, you. Fi- finally get to listen to it. Now I'm up in Hampshire. I subjected my parents to it. <laughs> Gardner's website and, for the rest
0: of uh, the listeners in uh, across, uh, across America. His own website is libertyconspiracy.com. Uh, so, Bill. And I'm
5: honored to follow up uh, Dave's call. Dave has become one of my favorite callers. Okay. Uh, and I wanted to sort of jump in on, on the, the cannibalism thing a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Tear at the flesh. And, Go ahead.
4: <laughs> yeah, one, one, one of the get, get down to the meat is of the thing, issue. Do you know, it.
5: Mostly the prohibitions on cannibalism are probably going to be. Uh, simply because, you know, humans are going to carry pathogens that other humans will pick up, and, you know, pathogens don't jump species easily. So that's generally why people don't eat human flesh. It's good advice. Uh, I don't
0: know. It. What is a pathogen? I didn't go to uh, medical school.
5: What's Disease. Yeah, right? It crass, I mean, like, you're, you're you less likely to... to to catch a pig disease, but wait. wait, wait, then, wait. Uh, Hold
0: on. Are we talking about cannibalism, or are we talking about um, you know eating raw flesh? Because I thought that if you cook chicken, you cook out all the bad stuff. That doesn't happen with a, with a human being. You well, can't just are, cook out the well, That, that, you call that doesn't human.
5: happen with all patho- pathogens. You don't always uh, destroy the thing that's going to make you sick, like botulism. Really? It's like Kroesfeld-Yakos. It's, right. it's, it's not uh, you know, heat labile.
1: Huh. Right, right. Like um, mad cow disease is the same way. Mad cow is actually right, a protein, and you can't, no matter what you cook, it it's, it acts like a virus, but it's actually a protein. It,
5: yeah, it's still in there. Yeah, it's weird. Um, and, and in terms of unraveling the situation, you know, where, where you're stuck with this other person and you've got, you know, only a limited number of supplies to stay alive... Um, I believe there was a science fiction story, it was either by Frederick Pohl or Larry Niven or something like that, and what actually happens is one of the guys convinces the other guy that, you know, his life is worthless or that the other guy's life is worth more and just... You know, convinces the other guy a hell of a to commit suicide, basically. Wow! And just just logically goes through it, and and the entire process is voluntary, and it's a fascinating read. That's wild. That's got to be tough. It's just a little a, short story. I highly recommend it if you can find it. Hey, yeah. how do you commit um, suicide
0: in a lifeboat?
5: Well, I mean, you know, you could just jump, jump. off or something like yeah.
0: that. Yeah, but then you're gonna want to swim, and then you have to drown. I mean, drowning yourself has got to be a tough, tough thing to do yeah. because you've got well, that I, natural I, instinct I, I, to breathe.
5: I I guess you could give the other guy consent to, you know, kill you.
0: Wow. Boy, that is just So, crazy. Bill, what other <laughs> things were on your mind tonight?
5: Uh, well, one of the things is, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here with a bunch of Liberty dollars, and I'm trying to, you know, get out of the Federal Reserve note before it completely crashes <laughs> and is worthless. And one of the practical aspects, you know, uh, is, you know, how do I pay my credit card bill with Liberty dollars? You can't. And I'm trying to figure out. How to get some sort of a warehouse system, because it's not going to be a bank, right, mm-hmm. um, where, where I can write out some sort of uh, trans, you know, title transfer for, for my silver and be able to have my credit card company accept that transaction in silver, but at their option, they can redeem wow. and have it you know, converted over to Federal Reserve notes,
1: you know, that's, and that I- way I can... Well, I, was, I
5: can use silver, and they can use Federal Reserve notes, and there's no
1: agreement. Really, that's a really fascinating idea, and uh, I almost don't even want to talk about it on the air because I'm already thinking, like, wow, I could make a lot of money on this. The, you know, Diners Club, the first credit card that started, started because there were these guys working in Manhattan – and they would go to the same restaurants and frequent them all the time. And they had tabs running in these places. And they said, "Well, look, you know, sometimes we don't have any cash on us. What if we establish an electronic payment system for all the restaurants and we all do it?
0: That's how credit cards started. That was the first credit card." I you wonder. Know, I'd like
5: to hear some, from some financial experts if there's any out there. I think it's That's doable. I think it's idea. doable.
0: I think that uh, it's something that a lot of a service that a lot of people are going to want. Financial experts do not listen to free talk about. But that. what we need is somebody <laughs> with the capital to be able to start up that system. Store thanks up for those the. Call Bill. Appreciate it. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now at 800 259 9231 The SACL CAI toll. Free line one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 It's in here with you. And guard. And Mark. You can join us online, Freetalklive.com. You like Free Talk Live, you want to help support the show. We'd like you to be an amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll learn what it stands for. It's Advertise, Market, and Promote. You'll get the details on how it is the program works. The idea is you send in three bucks a month. We take it and turn it around into promoting Free Talk Live. To getting the show on more radio stations across the country and thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty. Or spreading the message of cannibalism. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, You know, we have fun. And if you like the show and you want to help us out, that's a great way to do it. You get some perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in line, which we're going to right now. So go to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about the AMP program. And go to Chuck now on the AMP line in Nevada. Hello, Chuck.
7: Hey, how's it going?
0: Great. What's on your mind?
7: Um, well, I went to a gun show this weekend, and I had a little surprise happen after that uh, was kind of cool. Okay. And then I had a quick question for guard.
0: Right on. All right. Gun show. Go for it.
7: So, um, well, we'll probably talk about guns. I had to, you know, call in and brag about a new gun I got. Right. What was that? Uh, an AR-15. Ah.
2: Ooh. So that's so, an M16 um, uh, that the military carries but uh you know this is uh you know this is the civilian version? Basically, yeah. Okay. Okay, basically cool meaning to... yes or basically no? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs>
1: that that was that was, the, that was the model that was out before the M16, correct?
7: Uh I'm not too sure. I don't know like a whole heck of a lot about guns. I know how to shoot them, but Okay. Right.
0: Yeah, I'm sort of in your camp too. I you know, I like guns enough to be able to shoot them and own a couple, but uh beyond that I'm no expert. So congratulations on your purchase. What else?
7: Uh well, I, I the the process was kind of interesting, you know. There there wasn't too much government paperwork. I'm a no government guy, but you know, you go in and you fill out the little um are you addicted to anything? Have you, are you running from the law? Have you done this and that?
0: Yeah, that's and, why I would never go to a gun. I mean, I, I, I've been to gun shows as a uh, you know vendor, Libertarian Party, for instance, setting up a Operation Politically Homeless booth doing politics at a gun show. But I've, I would never purchase anything from a gun show because I like being off the books. Of course, I'm on a radio show talking about my guns. But, you know, in theory at least, I like to be able to buy a gun from a private seller where there's no paperwork and nobody knows who I bought from and nobody knows how much I paid and what I bought and all that sort of thing.
7: Well, it's but, kind of interesting in this state. All they do is they run a background check. But the paperwork actually stays with the seller. And, and it stays on it file so is, the feds
0: can go and look at it any yeah. old time they want to.
7: I didn't really agree with that, but uh, yeah, it wasn't too hard to do. It was pretty interesting. Cool. But after leaving, I'm um, going out of the parking lot, getting the truck, and start heading off down the road. And there's uh, about seven or eight Ron Paul supporters outside. Super. Mm-hmm. I had no idea they are going to be there, just driving by. And,
0: did, did you I give
7: really them a long- honk? Yeah! Oh, well, yeah! Hog yelling out the window, everything. You know, you got to cheer him on because you know that uh, helps with the political burnout. Yeah,
1: Absolutely, it's, it's
2: tough being there on the street, you know.
1: And and we do want to mention uh, once more, just to reiterate that at this uh, Republican straw poll, the Stratford County uh, a Republican uh, gathering picnic that they had on Saturday, I think it was Stratford uh, County, uh, Stratford New Hampshire. Stratford County, New Hampshire. Yep they uh, they had their straw poll. Ron Paul won handily beating Mitt Romney by a wide margin. And, of course, Mitt Romney has lots and lots of money. The same thing happened in Alabama's straw poll as well. Yeah, and they discounted it.
7: At first I thought, you know, Ron Paul, yes, he's a great guy. Is he probably going to get elected? No. But you know what? I'm starting to think we have a really, really, really good
2: shot. Yeah, it's I'm, the best shot ever. Hope is springing forth for me, I must say.
0: It, it's the best shot ever because of a you know c- um, conflagration of several factors, including the Internet. Uh, so, I mean, that the Internet wasn't here two, two, 20 years ago, and so liberty didn't have a chance. But now, all of a sudden, we've – I mean, it's, it's unprecedented what's going on. So what else, uh, sir? What else was on your mind, Chuck?
7: Uh, my uh, question for Gard. Uh, yeah. Ian, you ask a lot of the time, you know, what was the turning point in our history where we kind of made a mistake? And I guess one could argue the Constitution itself, but I kind of <laughs> wanted to hear Gard's thoughts on the 14th Amendment and dual citizenship and – well, I guess just creating citizenship at that point and what he thought.
1: Well, you know, you make you make an excellent point on the Fourteenth Amendment uh, and and dual citizenship. Why don't you explicate that or, or or expand upon that so people understand what you're what you're mentioning, and then I'll sort of dive into it.
7: I, I, the basic concept is the Fourteenth Amendment made it so that every person born in in a state or a mm-hmm. or any portion of the United States was a United States citizen and a citizen of the state
1: which they were born. Right, exactly. And prior to that, uh, we had been fairly well known as a, a group of states that were united. We had citizenship in one state. We were protected by the Constitution of the United States of America. And one of the things that really bothers me about the 14th Amendment is the modern interpretation of it, uh, I'm just going to mention this just briefly. It's a functional thing, and I, it doesn't really show what, where exactly we went wrong. But uh, today, the 14th Amendment is interpreted as as meaning equal treatment under the law, which shows you how far people have come from the real understanding of what, what government is supposed to do. Government is formed to protect us and our property from encroachments by others. When we're talking about equal protection, which is the actual wording Of the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment, it strictly means that state laws that afford protection against encroachments onto our lives and property will be dealt with equally. We will have equal protection under the law. But today they interpret it as meaning equal treatment. And that, I think, is very significant. It shows that people don't understand that government is only there for protection. They think that government is there to do all sorts of other things, like give us things, equal treatment under the law. It's not equal protection. They're different. So we should yes, get... compared
7: to people. Well, I, I guess they used to use it for slaves, making slaves into uh, from property into someone who actually has rights. Right. It was, and, a,
1: and the Fourteenth Amendment was supposed to really be about about you know blacks and whites and how we would all be protected equally, so that people wouldn't be lynched and and things like that. And that, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Um but it's been interpreted improperly just like so many other things have been interpreted. Yeah. I don't see that as a major problem within the 14th Amendment uh, other than the fact that they should have been more explicit or maybe the Constitution was a mistake and it gave too <laughs> much power to the federal government. I agree <laughs> that's with what you. I think. Right. And and I think it's a great point that you make, uh, the distinction between being a state citizen and a federal citizen of the United States of America. And that's something that a lot of people, uh, more conspiratorialists, but a lot of people do bring up that point outside the conspiracy ranks, where they'll say something to the effect of, "Yeah, you know, that made us uh, corporate citizens of the United States as a yeah,
7: corporation." Yeah, I've read a lot. I've read a lot of all that stuff, and I don't believe. Well, I don't really need to believe most of it. I don't really care. I don't want anybody telling me what to do.
0: Yeah, there you right? go, Chuck. Uh, Thanks for the call, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231, the sekel C A I toll free line. You know, the, the whole concept of a citizen is really important to look at, and most people take it for granted. They presume that, well, I was born here, therefore, I'm a citizen, and ta-da. Mm. Well, <laughs> there's more to it than that if indeed government exists and if you know it was formed for this purpose to protect life and liberty if indeed government exists for that purpose then there has to be some sort of an agreement right there has to be an agreement between you and the government um because otherwise it's completely illegitimate right and so the agreement presumably is that the citizens agree to be uh to they agreed to a duty of allegiance to the government like i will do as you say if you protect me, that's the reciprocal end, right? Yeah. I'll do as you say, pres- provided you are indeed protecting me. Right. And so, what we've got today is a situation where the government deems us all as citizens. You're a citizen. And you've been born here, so therefore you're a citizen. And those immigrants, they want to come here and be citizens too. So citizenship is like this great thing that people want in America and they they feel proud of. But what they don't understand is that they've been ripped off. See, the the deal has been uh, broken. If there ever was a deal, and there may have been, maybe, you know, in the late 1700s, maybe there was a deal. Uh, But now there's not because the Supreme Court has ruled time and time again that the government has no No Mm -hmm. duty whatsoever, no obligation to protect you. Those police that you see around, no obligation to save you. Imagine
2: for a second if you could hold the police responsible for um, somebody breaking into your house and stealing your stuff or somebody beating you up on the street corner. I mean, you likely would be able to, if you hired security guards to guard your house and somebody came in and beat you up, you would likely have some kind of case against them in a court of law, but not police because they have no obligation to protect you.
0: That's that's truly remarkable. And the Supreme Amazing. Court reaffirms it again and again. They reaffirmed it just this past I think it was earlier this year in a series of cases it was one of those cases where they just, you know, put out the opinion again, no obligation to protect. So if there's no obligation to protect, there's no standing agreement between you and the state, therefore there's no such thing as a citizen. The whole thing Falls is around. is the wool being pulled over your eyes. The whole thing is a scam. Uh, to get you to believe in these, uh, false concepts. They don't exist. So... If there was a deal at one time, the government's broken the deal. Can you
1: imagine if a private company had if a private company had done something like
0: that, they'd be out of business. Well, they'd yeah, be if you,
1: sued for fraud. Sure,
0: if you had a private protection agency that said that they were going to protect your person and your property and they didn't, you'd have contract you'd have a contract violation. Yeah, absolutely. But with the government, you don't have that contract. I'm just talking about the definition of citizen. Go and look it up in a law dictionary. Okay, if you don't believe me, go and look up what it you know what it stands for. That's the only place you can even look to is the law dictionaries to say, oh, well, that's what citizen means. But there never really was an agreement. You never really even signed it in the first place. And no, your parents can't sign the agreement for you when they get your Social Security. When they bill. put your little foot stamp on the, the birth certificate yeah. or whatever. Doesn't work that way. I mean, the government doesn't honor any other contracts you sign under 18. Why the hell should they honor that one? It's been Ian here with you. And Gard. And Mark. We will join you again tomorrow night. And you can join us. Online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.